It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Lots was going great. Hate was gonna have to wait. Was in no hurry. Her pussy furry. Pumping beaners was the plan. Didn't need no wigger man till she discovered. Till she discovered. But lost gets her every time. She was bigger swap. Dog guard, done and done it. Gone and done it. Guess she fell in heat. Must have been the way it walks. Or it's sweet, they got talked. I just drank it. Oh, darn God. Done it. She used to be Kukanfi, and then the rest of Lorenzo's in a slow place. It had my sad face. It was free to fuck around, and the fuck would settle down and go and covered. Till she had discovered that Lake gets it every time. She was the good man's swap. And gone, darn, gone and done it. Gone and done it. Yes, it's all in heat. Must have been the way you walk. Or it's sweet, a bit talk. I guess thank you. Long, long, long. Good job, bitch. Meow. 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 James K. gets it every time. She was bigger than Clyde. She gone, darn, gone and done it. Gone and done it. Gone and done it. Guess she fell in heat. Gone and done it. Must have been the way it walks. Or it's sweet, they be talked. That makes her eat shit. Don't you know that? Hey, gas every time. Your twat drools her mind. She all darn gone.
Cotton in the ditch, pick that cottony black thumb bitch. Daddy was a classman, a Southern Democrat. Long white sheets and funny looking hat singing songs, song of the South. Whoop a nigger's ass and burn its house. Gone and gone with the wind. Ain't no nigger talking back again. George Kincaid, and I don't always drink urine, but when I do, I prefer those lemon's <laughs> You're listening to Pastor Instead, the movement turd. Pastor Winston, area man, with an Armageddon plan. Derail, dogs, railroad train. Wants to kill all the Jews and a lot of Wiggers, too. He has a psycho and non Wigger brain. Martin had a wife, he loved all his life. Poor grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying God caught his eye, and dog wise, and putting dog Babylon in his grave. It was on any weekday night, when Jews lied that they're right, he pissed on them kind claims. And the weird Jap with a shout, them stupid fucking louts, that Pope Marty done hits that what he aims. Martin had a wife, he loved all his life. Poor grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying Zog caught his eye, and Bishop Zog wise, and putting Zog Babylon in his grave. <laughs> It was on a weekday night when Pastor is at home talking to Christ's family trees. When along come dirty Jew and a zoggling wigger or two, making names that's whooping necessary. Marching at a wife, beloved all his life. For grandkids, they are so brave. 
destroying Zog caught his eye. FHL Zog wise and putting Zog Babylon in his grave. Well, the ass clowns hold their breath when they hear a pastor's death. They wonder why he don't fucking lie. It was dirty pisser possums and all of Satan's members that want to take him down on the fly. Martin had a wife, he loved all his life. For grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying Zog caught his eye, and leashing off Zog wise, and putting Zog Babylon in his grave. Zog Lake, we're going to bounce ass out to cross the that Zog Plan here in the open air coast coast. That house we call Zog Bad Woman. Third and final, but the show, as always, is aimed at the lost and the found sheep of the house of Israel. You chosen seed of Israel's race. Ye who do hear Christ's call. Greetings. Uh, what is tonight? Tonight is uh, March 26, 2015. It is what? 1040, yeah, around that, uh, more or less, Grand Beyond Central and Standard Time. Uh, let's see. I uh, I got in about 45 minutes ago from, uh, oh, I got in from uh, this, uh, oh, this uh, campaign event for the Granby Municipal Candidates, and I'm running for mayor of Granby. I'll probably be dead last, of course. Uh but I made my points here, and I think I was entertaining. Uh, there's a there's this piece of shit, you know, Anglo Stevenson named Craig Hopper, and uh, I'm hoping this guy named Travis Gamble wins, uh, and he should be Craig Hopper. Uh, there was a question asked, "Well, you're, is your candidacy serious?" I said, "Well, mainly I run in order to grist, you know, grind my own grist, but uh, once I do have a number of things to say, and uh, I'm trying to point out is that if you elect me mayor." Uh, generally, I you know I don't like uh, either faction that currently rules Granby City politics. One faction is uh, what I call the senile tards, and the other is the young you know is the young I guess tards you guess you could say. And uh, Granby has been run rather badly over the last though better than twenty years. And uh, you had old senile inbred, Richard Oisler. He's such a tard that things got real bad. And about two weeks ago, they fired the city clerk who didn't know what the hell she was doing. And you have all sorts of little factions and little groupings of inbreds and all that. And, uh, you know, pretty well you didn't have that many people showing up. But I recorded a lot of it, about an hour and a half, and then... The battery died, and I think I misplaced at the uh, Granby uh, Elementary School Gymnasium. I think I misplaced my uh, charger for it. I'm going to have to call uh, tomorrow and uh, say, hey, I think I left my charger 
If you see a piece of electrical equipment that looks like it's a power cord, it's mine. I'd like to come down and get it. So anyway, I did say uh, what I had to say yesterday. Oh, Wednesday night. No, sorry, Tuesday night. I pulled an all-nighter again. Uh, got out to the next, you know, next to the last minute. Uh, these two Rule 59 emotions. Uh, one against two judges. Uh, this piece of shit named Timothy Perigo and this evil. Even more evil, nasty piece of shit. Uh, let me see. Uh, Kevin Lee Selby, Judge Kevin Lee Selby. And I looked at the rules, and I knew that Selby was violating the law by continuing to be on this probate case. And I am, I pointed out and went ahead and found this. Uh, oh. Oh, this refusal by the Missouri Court of Appeals Southern District to obey. You know, the law, they claim we didn't have jurisdiction. Yes, they have jurisdiction over a trial court judge who uh, is on this case when the law, the state law of Missouri says he's supposed to be kicked off the case. But I also looked and found another law, which was related to it, is that the presiding judge is supposed to do certain things, and here's the presiding judge. He's letting Selby run wild. So I, I saw the Rule 59E motion. If I have to, I will pay $505 to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals and pretty well bitch about that. The other one was a stupid was a stupid lawyer named Terry Neff who essentially told my brother, I believe it was a conspiracy with my brother, that he could keep my mother up in South Dakota and keep her in South Dakota and embezzle her state. And uh, I think my brother, at least through neglect, killed or murdered my mother. So I am proceeding with that. Now, with the Brian Rio thing, he hasn't continued. For the last week and a half, the goofy bastard was, okay, answer my second, you know, my interrogatories. And I said, well, first, first, uh, mo nigger lips. Of course, I don't say that to him. First, mo mamzer. Oh, I don't say that to him either. Uh, first, we need to do the initial disclosures, and I need you to give me a list of all your bogus DMCA complaints and your terms of service complaints as well. That comes first. And so he might have sent to my Dick Riltney email, which I only use. I very seldom use that email, and I was using a Tor browser in order to uh, in order to send send my responses to him. And I haven't checked I haven't checked that email yet. But I bet I, you know, I won't be spied little nigger lips and just yapping. But on the other hand, uh, let the you know let these things go about here. See, old nigger lips. He uh, he didn't have a response when I pointed out there was no digital millennium copyright jurisdiction, at least not on his portion, because I was just merely putting up his Facebook page, public profile, which he refused to. When I counter noticed that he refused to sue three and a half years before last April, it was around this time of year. You know, not quite. I'll be April 15th, April 16th. Well, nigger lips got all mad and uh, started this bogus lawsuit here. So anyway, that's the way things are going. Uh, let's see. Uh, they were talking about a Wigris who flew into a mountain or something like that. And, folks, uh, stupid Wigger tricks is nothing new. Is nothing new. I want. I want to talk about. Uh, by the way, uh, Bruce Howard, uh, 1483, is supposed to uh, maybe call in tonight using Skype. He says he got a brand new. Uh, 
he got a brand new uh, headset and all that good stuff, and that's good. That's good. I'm glad he. Uh, I'm glad he got an allowance, and uh, you know, heck, let people call Russ. Russ Walker was whining. Uh, I guess yesterday he logged on to old Dan John's show. And I guess he was yapping to see from you know he from Scepter horse shit and old Dan John went John's went ahead and muted old Rusper. Now I wouldn't you know now I wouldn't have muted Rusper if he called in. In fact, I would let him talk about he from Scepter or Zebulon Scepter or uh, Ass Clown Scepter or whatever the hell, uh, whatever the hell old Rusper wanted to talk. I mean, Rusper used to be sort of like a co-host. Now, sometimes you try to keep Rusper on the straight and narrow, and it was sort of hard. It was very hard because, well, Rusper is a he's a tard. So uh, I went ahead and rid- I sent an email ridiculing him, uh, saying, "Well, maybe Rusper, you ought to get your own show and have uh, have Johnny Tonto Britton show up, and maybe Cody Britton and arrange a some nuptials between your lesbo daughter and uh, Cody Britton." Uh, uh, let me see, uh, Johnny Tonto's uh, homo, homo, admittedly Cherokee son. You know, I mean, Johnny Tonto is unadmittedly Cherokee or whatnot, or, you know, maybe he's just hacksaw or shit-ass with no wife and tribe. Not not quite sure. Uh, but <laughs> I said, heck, we, we, that's what the world needs. It needs more mongrel maggots here uh, running around. <laughs> Pretend to be C.I. Dennis here. <laughs> So like Rabbi Fink, I mean, poor old Rabbi Fink, he's not doing too good. Somebody was saying in the chat room that uh, maybe maybe Sven Pakishanks uh, is on the house of Finkelshimi. Who knows? I mean, Sven, if you Pakishanks, if you are listening, uh, you are welcome to call into the turd and tell about tell about your you know, collaboration with William Fink and. Uh, you know, anything else you want to do here. I mean, shoot, I welcome I welcome the call of Tards. Tards get free reign here. You're a little turd. Tards make the turd roar. Uh, so yesterday I pulled and all, you know, I was up for probably around 36 hours. I'm no longer, well, younger as I was here. Like when I... Oh, heck, I have been engaged in litigation for 19 years of various sorts here. Filed my first lawsuit, uh, I think, November or October of 1995. So I have been engaged in federal litigation and a number of other litigation. The, the thing about it is, though, is when you go to court, most of the time you are going to get fucked. You know, one way or the other. I uh, mean, shoot. Uh, court, like this Jew boy uh, who I used to hang out with, Mark Pertell. Uh He called me up in 1996. He was bitching because he had a goy wife here, and she was fucking her divorce lawyer and trying to fuck him. And, you know, he was a hardworking little Jew boy who got into computers. You know, he had a, you know, he had a set called Computer Time. Uh, and so he had some... Uh, Tools here used to be quite a bit here. Then they got, you know, he he runs a, uh, he moved after the 2000 primary election uh, against John Ashcroft. He moved out of Springfield. He he went ahead and for all those, he never really fucked me. But he was working with some other wh- Libertoon Wiggers 
against Springfield Pig Life Corruption, Springfield, Missouri. And from what there, he went ahead and uh, fucked over uh, one of this other character who I'd met once here called uh, Lee Wright. And, uh, folks, it's like this here. You can you can work with you boys. You can work with you boys. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of self-loathing Jew boys, like Paul Dembski or something like that. He's an older self-loathing Jew boy. But I've worked with Jew boys over time here. Uh, Daryl Basarab, 25% Jew boy. And folks, you got to understand is that many times a kikling gets, you know, is bar mitzvah or something like that. I mean, I've never really worked with she-kikes, she-kikuses. I mean, hell, they're, they're worse than, you know, he-kikes. But you will have, in many cases, self-loathing Jew boys. And you can work with them, but you got to always remember is that with Jew boys, even the self-loathing ones here, uh, you know, the moon can come out or something like that. I don't know, it's sort of like a werewolf picture, like American Werewolf from London or something like that here. It, it won an Oscar for special effects, you know, showing David not turn into a werewolf or something like that. But when you're working, you won't self-loathing Jew boys. The old snout, the old snout will just sort of, will sort of break out here, you know. And it, you, you don't even have a full moon to warn you here. I mean, you never know when the snout will come out, and the Jew boy will, the self-loathing Jew boy will bite you on the ass here. But I wanna, I wanna praise, I wanna praise, thank heaven for self-loathing Jew boys, cause they just get their nuttier every day. You know, the sheikhs. I mean, hell. They're, you know, they're, you know, they're uh, far more vicious than he kikes. See, you, you gotta have, you gotta have uh, what's called every two or three generations. You gotta have every two generations a estrakikus who doesn't look, who doesn't look quite as repulsive here. I mean, a lot of them look like Sarah Bernhardt and good Lord, they are repulsive here. But they're the ones who keep the Jew boy heritage. But every two or three generations, you gotta have an estrakikus. You know, uh, I mean, uh, let me see. Like, you know, uh, what the hell, Alicia Silverstone or whatever here. You have to have an estrochitis so that they will have this Aryan input to uh, essentially the Aryan input. What it'll do is, you know, if you got too much, you know, three or four generations with the estrochitis not going ahead and getting fresh Aryan input, what happens, you'll end up having a really fucked up Jew boy like, well, Daryl Basarab or Ixenbert or whatever here. You got, you know, the, the Shekikuses have a job here is to attract Aryan input. Why, heck, them damn, them damn Jew boys, when, or, you know, them Jews here, when they conquered Nazi Germany here, what do you think happened to a lot, to a lot of the Lebensborn, Lebensborn little you know, baby Nazis here. Why wow, they were used as studs for these estrochikuses here? You know what I mean? You got, you got. To, you know, that's that's why you'll have a good-looking kikus here. Now, as she grows older, of course, here you know, they'll end up looking like Mila Kumas here, or maybe Natalie Portmanser, or Portmansers. It should be Portmansers. Uh, every time I have a Jew boy call and say, you know, with the last name of man, they're pre- trying to pretend they're men. You, know, you go ahead and change it to Mamser or Mamseress here. And what happens they get older here, they look like, well, think of Shani's sister, Bridget Thor Thompson, uh, something or another here. Uh, she'll, she'll end up having a nose that grows and grows and grows like, uh, what the hell, uh, Barbara Streisand or 
uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Although I don't know, I don't know if that little, I don't know if that host knows us ever had was not obviously a kikus. You know what I mean? But any case, uh, we're we're <laughs> we're uh, we're talking about number things here on the movement turd. You know the nature of Jews. Everything. I was looking on PBS and they are. They're having uh, Rabbi Fink's uh, Rabbi Fink's uh, cousin here, uh, Israel Finkelstein, and Israel Finkelstein is—he's uh, a Jew boy, an open Jew boy who is claiming that there was no exodus, there was no exodus out of Egypt, or no exodus out—you know, maybe a small one here, maybe a couple thousand, you know, Canaanite slaves, but. Increasingly, the Jew boys are claiming that there were no actual indigenous, indigenous Israelites. That what they were is they were Canaanites who, you know, had a problem with Canaanite culture, such as it was. I mean, it was just really nothing more than sodomy, sort of sodomy here and Baal uh, worship, sort of like well, over on the uh, Christogenia.org site, but. <laughs> They 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 had you know that supposedly these Canaanites became Israelites and that the Bible was actually written uh, oh about a hundred years or so started out by the Deuteronomists uh, and that uh, when they say that King Joash discovered a book here it was actually these uh, well these Jew boys these Canaanites who found this book here and that's where the Bible comes in. Now, I've always I've always asked you, you'll have a tard like Russ Walker. I mean Russ Walker will claim did Mary make a ninety three mile journey on a donkey? Well yes. As a matter of fact she did. She did. I mean, you know, the the option is to like I said, is that if you believe that it was Bethlehem Zebulon, which existed fifteen hundred years before Christ which was the name of a Canaanite city, why, hey, you can do that, or you can believe that she rode on the handlebars of a Harley moped uh, along the interstate uh, eight miles from Nazareth here. You can believe that if you want to, Russell. But if you don't really believe what you're supposed to believe, if you're going to pick and choose what you want to believe, uh, you ought to be just openly and honest about, like, well, Mona Montgomery here, who uh, pretty well picks and chooses what she wants to believe. And she makes no apologies for doing so. You ought to just simply join the first church of solipsism, where every single worshiper says, I worship me. If you don't want to believe what the Bible says, why are you here? Why are you here? And if it's because, well, you're a pisser possum, or you're a mamzer, or you're an ass clown, or you're a nimbus retard, and Nimbus Tars ain't really CI. They're, they really should belong to the first church of solipsism. But if you're if you're gonna be here for no damn good reason, then you ought to admit as much and have done with it, okay? Ukrainians <laughs> uh the Ukrainians, I don't know, they're they're the, they're sort of slobs and they have flat noses. You know, very Flat noses. I don't know why they got flat noses. I mean, maybe they've been keeping it to the grindstone. I don't know. 
uh, or maybe that's slow beans. I don't know. Too crazy in there. Okay, here. The nose job does not work because it always grows. Oh, yeah, it does here. It grows back here. What they really need is not a scalpel. They need a pruning shears. New pruning shears. But, you know, some of these estrochytes, you know, some of these estrochytes, why they can, uh, they can, uh, uh, do back. And by the way, I think uh, somebody was saying something mean about old, uh, about blushing Mary America here. And the answer, the answer I have is uh, Yahweh knows what's in your heart. On the other hand, uh, on the well, I guess I have a number of hands here. Well, I got two. The other is in, you know, the other one hand's in my pocket here. I'm working on becoming a great ball player. The other is holding the black plastic of the EIB network, you know, the black Walmart cell phone, an MP3 player of the EIB network, which is very syphilis in broadcasting. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe I ought to grow another hand. How's that? So, <laughs> okay, let's see. Do popper cherries or nasty cane come out of a polluted world? Well, that isn't very nice here. But okay, I think uh, heck, somebody, somebody. <laughs> I don't. Let's see. Okay. Well, thank yes. Here, let's go ahead and find out who said that. Me, SPLC. Uh, those jobs are no longer a thing among, well, hey, maybe, you know, maybe they have small snouts when they grow here. But, uh, folks, uh, generally, oh, good Lord, good Lord, poor little critter, poor little critters. You can just tell by that old nose, and, and I don't know why, I don't know why, I got a little, I got a little, uh, I got a little magnifying glass and half. It's already taken up about five or ten percent of the picture here. This poor little hose noses. She looked this this one that somebody put up looks like she would be looks like she would be a natural for a self molding cactus. Who knows? Is that your <laughs> not Photoshop? Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> Alrighty. Any case here, uh <laughs> It's a heck would be a people get sort of mean on this show. Uh, <laughs> let's see. It goes back. That's right here. Not the, you know, tattered flag is the real one. Well, looks like they can make it. Yeah. Dang. You know, maybe I'll go. I'm going to yak it here. Four hours and 41 minutes, you got to be shitting me. No, let's not save this recording. Four hours, 41 minutes, no wonder. Okay, yes, Russ equals Targ. But anyway, uh, you know, shoot, old Bruce Howard said he was going to call in, and that's fine here. Uh, he got him a new... He got him a new headphone. He got a new uh, 
Gum New Headphone, and that'd be nice to be called in. Let's see. Let's see. I was, you know, I was doing the campaign thing and pretty well talking. I think I was sort of entertaining. Okay, got Charlie Rosenfeld on. Got this tart actor yapping. So, in case, let's see, what else we got? Crack tight? Well, Milo without makeup on. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Myla Kunmas. Okay, Denise Hutchinson's abduction. Let's see. There was a Whigless who uh, claimed that she'd been kidnapped. Okay. <sighs> Dang. So I think I'm still somewhat tired from pulling that all-nighter. Not photoshopped. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beats by Drew, yeah. Okay. Back here. I've seen the Kaikas. I've seen the Kaikas. I mean, shoot. I may get about, oh, a couple more soap off that nose. Good Lord. Where am I? Headphones. Yeah, I, I know they are. They're, they're shitty headphones. I don't know why. I'm, I sort of think I got me a I got me a set of what eighteen dollars Sony's, and they've lasted. You know, they've lasted pretty long. The Sony's have. Sony headphones. That is. So where is my other? Misplaced my uh, misplaced my video camera cord. Okay, ah, but I found I found underneath I found underneath my you know Toshiba number three. I found my other uh, MP3 player. That's good. Okay, well it looks like we uh, we lost a few cards. Yes, eight left. Let me see who else is left here. Oh well, it's not worried about it. I mean, shoot, it's not like I'm Jesus Christ who's going to head out here and abandon the 99 tards in order to go look out for the one tard who is lost. Why tards just sort of run up all the way here? Let's see. Oh, I wanted. To, I was looking. I was looking at this article by Greg. Dr. Greg Johnson, smartest guy in the room, and I, I might respond to him. I might tell him because he was talking about William Pierce. And, folks, you can become a William Pierce as long as you remember. You remember one thing. Just remember that what it takes to become a great bowel movement leader, a great bowel movement leader is, first of all, you got to have somebody who will give you the equivalent of four hundred thousand dollars in nineteen eighty four money. Okay. <laughs> okay, a sock whisperer has left. Okay, what you need to do is you, you need first you need to get somebody to give you about the equivalent of one point two, you know, over a million dollars in stolen loot. 
Second of all, you need to buy your compound. Once you get a compound, you can have you know, you will attract yourself many herd of meerkat. You'll have like having the meerkat. You'll have uh, where the swirls. You'll, you'll you'll have April Gavy. You know, I mean, there's a she meerkat that puts out on you know not you know not even the first day. She'll put out at the start of the first day. You you know, in order to become a great internet warlord, all you need is money and the willingness to spend some of that money to buy you a compound. Now, it could be a farm, but, you know, it's really not, you're really not an Internet warlord or a bowel movement warlord unless you call. If you buy a farm, you need to call it a compound. That's what you need to do. You need to have, you need to have some money and you need to have a compound. And then once you, know, once you tell everybody you're not going to run out, you're not going to run off any meerkats to show up. You'll pretty well take everybody. Then you'll have meerkats show up. You'll be well on your way to becoming a great bowel movement leader. All right? So, I was looking. I was looking <laughs> on the Rents Network. What's good? Well, hey, you, you have two ways. You have two ways of financing. You have two ways of financing bowel movement activity. The first one is that you sell wheat berries, which is really nothing more than just simply. Well, uh, I bought me I bought me a bushel of wheat and it was fifteen dollars. But this is good. This is good clean wheat. You can buy a bushel for fifteen. You know, at the feed store, I bought some actual seed wheat for around fifteen bucks. It's more higher than what it used to be. It used to be five bucks. Or seven bucks or eight bucks. One time, way back when, way back in the seventies, it was low as two bucks a bushel, and it was real low. But you can buy, you can go ahead and buy wheat. But if you buy it from, it'll be in a, it'll be in a five-gallon plastic bucket with vacuum, you know, vacuum pack. It'll cost around fifty bucks. Which you can make for about oh fifteen bucks. It's gonna cost you oh, it's gonna cost you about oh fifty bucks. So what you're doing is you're selling co- that and colloidal silver makers. Now it used to be these silver rounds were about you know ninety point nine 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 percent pure silver. You could buy you one. You could buy you one. You don't want to use a silver dollar, but you could buy you one. You buy two for about five dollars. What some of my, one of my friends did is that he would put it in a glass in a glass of water with some salt added to it. And what would what would be the colloidal silver thing is that he would attach he, he soldered or had an alligator clip had an alligator clip. And he would suspend the you know the two silver rounds with an alligator clip connect to a nine volt battery and you can just see that colloidal silver just boiling off from what from the you know what from the anode to the cathode or the cathode to the anode, I forget which. And what my friend would do is that he made his own colloidal silver. And uh what he what he would do is I said, Well do you drink it? No, I just brush my teeth with it. That was when he had teeth. 
And, uh, hey, uh, that's, that's the other thing that they sell here, colloidal silver, wheat berries, which is nothing more than wheat. Well, they'll sell for about three or four times. So they'll sell you a number of things. That, that's one way you can sell it via sort of like the public radio, or you can be 100% retard and, uh, you know, hey, just call in, okay? When you're here and the limit turn is neutral territory, do, do. Okay. All right, folks. All right, folks. Uh, Bruce Ford Howard's going to call in. I'm going to have 30 seconds of quiet, and then I'm going to unmute him. Hello, Bruce Howard. How are you doing? Hello, Martin. Uh, this is the first time I've spoken to you since uh, the 30th of January 2014. Okay. Well, I didn't know you spoke to me then. Uh, you sent me an email, I think. Oh, you have, you have uh, Bletching Mary America. We will have a roundtable discussion here. All right. I'm going to unmute you. Mary. Uh, she has a tendency to forget that she's on talk show and she tends to interrupt, but uh, what the heck here. Uh, we'll, we'll pretty well let Preston go to you, Bruce, because you're calling in from down under, all right? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask you about uh, the Passover, if you know when it is, and uh, what should we do to celebrate it, you know? Okay, what it is is it's, uh, it starts it starts the night of April 2nd. Okay. Okay. And if you want, you can have you can have your lamb, or you can have. I, I think you could have the Passover turkey or the Passover chicken. But uh, the okay. Passover. You're talking you know, about I mean, Passover. Hello. Passover. It's it's you know, to, this year it is. It starts on the night of April second, uh, and it starts at sundown. Uh, April second. Yeah. And it goes, and then you have the days of unleavened bread, where you are supposed to actually eat unleavened bread. Now you can go buy some Triscuit or some uh, uh, non-leavened, uh, non-leavened uh, crackers or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't handle anything which is made by Jews, such as they call it matzo. Uh, no telling what is in that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, you can, you know, don't go so far as this one Canadian tart who circumcised his eight-year-old dockhead son uh, to eat a Passover lamb and all this. I I don't believe that you have to sacrifice a lamb and put his blood on your doorstep or anything like that unless you're, well, unless you are living among amongst a bunch of Egyptians or something like that. Uh, Christ yeah. is Passover lamb. So, yeah, that's that's when it starts here. So I think the second is what Friday. Yeah. So okay. basically, what ha- what happened with the uh, Passover is when the Israelites were in Egypt, and they had to put the blood on uh, the blood of the lamb on their doorpost to prevent their firstborn sons being killed, right? Firstborn, uh, well, it could have been the fathers. Uh, I mean, uh, it could have been the firstborn daughters. It was the firstborn, it was the firstborn of man and beast. 
So the whole idea was that Yahweh would send out the destroying angel, and Goshen was in the eastern part of the delta. And uh, the whole idea was to prevent, prevent, you know, prevent that death here. The 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 very first the very first holy day of the season is the Passover, and then you have seven or eight days of the days of unleavened bread. You're supposed to take leaven out of your house, and that it meant originally, I believe, when it, I believe it was around 1600 BC, maybe 1550 or so BC, maybe as late as 1525 BC. I believe that the pharaoh that was being rebelled against was a Hyksos pharaoh. Okay. So, in any case, uh, the whole idea was that you don't have time to wait for bread to get its natural yeast and to rise up. Now, in the New Testament also means that you are, by taking out the leaven outside your house, you are putting sin, you are putting sin outside because a little bit of leaven leavens an entire lump. You have natural yeasts which are outside, and uh, that makes, in some cases, sourdough bread, or at least the first starter batch. And, uh, yeah, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to, Oh, Christ is, the pa- is our Passover lamb. You don't have to actually eat lamb. But you, are yeah. to, you, are, you are supposed to eat affirmatively unleavened bread. So, you know, buy a box of Triscuit or wheat thins or something like that. Okay? Okay. Thanks for your advice, uh, Mon. Well, that's good. Uh, it looks like uh, I, it looks like you calling in has been good for business. So have you? You have? Have you? Let me see how to ask this. Have you stopped urinating on electric fences? <laughs> yes, I, I don't think I ever did, but okay. Okay, well that's good to stop here. Uh, it feels so good when you stop, or maybe it feels so good when you start here. Uh, I have accidentally, when I was younger, uh, touched electric fences, and you sort of you sort of shy away from them. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. uh, sometimes they're so powerful that you will see a blade of grass when they turn it on and go, and the blade of grass will turn sort of black and they'll flop, you know, flop over or something like that. Here. Uh, how's yeah. Mary doing? How's, uh, how's Mary doing? Oh, I'm doing quite fine. How are you, Pastor? I'm doing well. Um, oh, what happens is that I came off an all-nighter yesterday, uh, but I got, I was thinking I'd have to maybe drive to Springfield to make sure that Rule 59E motion to, uh, you know, to ask the judge to alter his judgment to dismiss the case against this crooked lawyer and these two crooked judges. I have to drive to Springfield, but take out there. It's been docketed, and uh, hey, I got that done. I'm a little bit discontent because I think I left my uh, my uh, video camera battery uh, in the Granby Elementary School gym where they were holding the candidates for them. But uh, I'm running for mayor, and I'm also running for school board, and so I'm. You know, I got done what I had to get done. And Lucky's doing okay, and Puppy Dog, he, you know, the four-legged one is doing okay. So, hey, everything's just fine. Well, that's fine. That's good to hear. 
Okay. So what are you going to do? Yeah. About your cam- you know, you ca- is it ca- the camera important that you think you left? It was the it was the uh, it was the charger for a little bit of battery on it. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you. Said you have a little bitty. Yeah. You have a little bitty lithium battery. Uh, the battery usually lasts around oh two years. They're better than these old type cameras, which used to have lead acid batteries or nickel cadmium batteries, which supposedly were supposed to last two years, but only really last about a year or so. Get that. Okay. Well, I uh, hear since uh, Bruce is asking you about Passover, you know, yeah. I practiced Passover for 20 years to Judaism with when I was married to a Jew. And okay. uh, I, I used to pre- prepare the authentic meal. And um, you always had either um, a, a chicken shank bone roasted or you roasted a lamb. And yeah. the bitter herbs it was a sign, you know, the bitterness because they had to leave quick and exile from, you know, to get get away. The um, the Hebrews did, and that was dramatic. And they had always harosis. That's it's called harosis, the bitter herbs. It's a combination of um, horseradish, uh, honey, and apple. Okay. And another fruit. And it's 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 kind of like I guess you would say your um when we have Thanksgiving, you know, when you have the uh cranberry sauce. It's similar okay. to that in a sense. Yeah. And then you always had roasted eggs. They had roasted eggs and you would eat that raw eggs along with it. there was a ceremony for the Passover cuz they do the authentic Passover that was actually done. Uh, up until Christ uh, came, he was the Passover Pesach lamb. And um, they, they were to stop the, like you said earlier to Bruce, stop, you know, you no longer had to, uh, uh, you know, kill a lamb or whatever for the Passover. It was yeah. only only to, uh, to recognize after his uh, resurrection, he was the Pesach Passover lamb. He was put on the cross on the yeah, sundown at 3 o'clock sundown on uh, Pesach, which is Passover at that time. And uh, he, you know, it was never Friday like the Roman Catholic Church because he was in the grave three days, three nights. And he went on the first night, uh, you know, he he was in the grave at three o'clock. By three o'clock on the eve of uh, the first night of Passover. So, and if you look through the history, you might have already looked at this, Pastor. I, um, you know, the dates and the times and the uh, months. I don't, but I do know that it was done on Wednesday. The Passover started on a Wednesday, so therefore he was in Thursday, Friday. And Saturday, and he rose on Saturday, on sundown, on uh, Saturday, on Shabbat, because yeah. as soon as sundown on Saturday, that sundown, the next day starts, Sunday, the morning Sunday started at sundown. So he rose right then. That's why the um, the the women came to his grave on Sunday early morning. 
So he told everyone that he'd be in the grave three days and three nights, just like Jonah was in the whale of a summer, three days and three nights before, you know. So yeah. The story, everything that the Roman, Romy Catholic Church has created, it's all, it's all uh, Freemason, um, you know, from Cain, the Hermeneutics. They do hermeneutics. That's what the Roman Catholic Church is. That's what the Pauline doctrine is. That's what Christianity they created. And actually, Christ hated the religion, and he was an Essene. He was not a, uh, you know, a Pharisee or a Sadducee, um, um, whatever they call the Sadducees or the lawyers. Sadducee. Sadducee. I know it. I get it out. Thank you, Pastor. Got my tongue twisted there. But anyway, I just yeah. thought I'd share that with you about the Passover. And during the Passover, uh, for everything that you ate, there was always a prayer service for each item. You don't sit down at, at the meal um, and just start eating it. Uh, there was always prayers said over the first cup of wine, and you, you went through about five or six glasses of wine before you really started the meal. And it, there was a service and a prayer done by the head of the house. No woman ever did this. This was always done by the head of the house. Um, and uh, do this. And then there's always, a, they always added a little uh, excitement to the Passover, the Jews do. They have, uh, um, they would hide the matzah for the kids. And, you know, I suggest you can make matzah yourself. You can get a recipe not hard to do. You can make your own matzah and have fresh matzah. Um, so they would always, we would always break off a piece of the, you know, the matzah and we'd hide it. They would hide it. And during the surface, you know, it, we would invite, there was always an empty plate set and that was for Elijah. So the kids had to go find the matzah so they could let Elijah in. And um, there he's Mary's not out of eggs. <laughs> they like to say bad things about me. I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time since I've had a Passover. I've done it. I used to make a lot of different Jewish meals. You know, who, who, who's, whose phone is ringing anyway? I have no oh, idea. Not mine. That's not my end. Oh, okay. Anyway. Hey, they, they, put, they, put, the, they put the blood of uh, Aryan babies in the mud balls, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I, uh, yeah, I know. And I used that's to make kugel, kugel, they used to make kugel. I had nothing. We had matzo meal, made all kinds of cakes with matzo meal. Um, basically, it's just something but flour and a cracker form without any. Well, you can make, uh, you know, I don't know why they call it matzo, but you can make, you can make out of, uh, oh, well, just flour without yeah. any, Baking powder or, or any, mm-hmm. uh, you know, out of either barley or, you know, easily wheat or you can make it out of white. You can make the equivalent of, say, hardtack. You know, hardtack without any, well, that's just simply a, you know, flour mixed up with water, you know, flour mixed up with water and essentially left to dry. Or bake or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I was, I, you know, I was thinking uh, it just might be a recipe on the internet if you Google making matzah, um, just like 
uh, and some of these, uh, you know, where you could get a recipe and make your own, because it's not hard to make it. I mean, all those years I always bought kosher matzah. You know, I was told, I was, I was taught that, you know. That, and, of course, I always had to buy, you know, the, all the matzah is uh, kosher and blessed by the rabbis. And all this. Of course, now everything that you purchase today is got is kosher, including the aluminum foil, you know, and uh, that's got a kosher sign. So the Jews are sucking in taxes off of everything that you're consuming, whether you're kosher or not, you know. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, you can make your own. So if you want to do that, but uh, Bruce, I would just suggest going to, and you can, you know what would be a good place to go and get just plain crackers to make sure that it doesn't have like, the salt in it, see, the matzah does not have any salt at all. So salt's a form of leavening. It's okay, very, yeah. It's very flat. So you could go into a health food store and just ask for um, crackers crackers without salt on it. And you'll get, a, you know, um, at least the closest thing. And I wouldn't be surprised that it has a uh, kosher sticker on the box, but, you know. Okay. Yeah. You can get me some, what, wheat thins? Suppose that does it, or Triscuit, or uh, you can go go buy you some shredded wheat. Uh, That's sort of extruded. That's sort of extruded. Uh, But, yeah, you you have these Jews, why, kosher aluminum foil. Why, yeah. Uh, If that isn't... isn't, if that isn't uh, having a, a Jew tax, I don't know nothing is. I don't know. Well, you know, I'm kosher, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. kosher aluminum foil. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they have got. I don't think Mo, I don't think Moses. I don't think Moses uh, dreamt of kosher aluminum foil. In fact, uh, <laughs> hey, aluminum. Well, you're aluminum, laughing, uh, but if you look at most of the things you purchase, most of the grocery items you purchase, everything. I mean. Uh, that you purchase in a grocery store, you will find the kosher logo on the package, basically saying that the rabbis are taking a cut and saying that it's prepared a certain way and it's done a certain way, and they put that. That's how they infiltrate and make money off of a yeah. goyim. Hey, mom, you know? there was uh, there was actually a rabbi uh, who was on an airplane and he was wearing a plastic bag. Uh, to protect himself from the goyim. So the plastic bags are now coached too. Yeah. Well, maybe he was, maybe he had another plastic bag over his wanger here to make dang sure here. I don't know. Uh, you, uh, you, you, I don't know, I don't know if there's such a thing as a kosher condom, but, uh, Oh, I wouldn't anyway, be surprised. <laughs> no, kosher, aluminum, kosher aluminum foil. Uh, that's oh, yeah, you know, that's a good Check. The check some of the packages and stuff that you buy from, including your dog food and the for for your dog. Check on the bottom of the package and on the side and see if you find a kosher logo on it. There's a number of different logos, and if you do, that, that means it's, it's going. You know, it's being manufactured. That rabbis have gotten into everything that's manufactured. They make more money off of us doing that, and you don't even know it. Most people don't. Like you're laughing, but it's a fact. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm wondering, is there such a thing as a kosher bacon cheeseburger? Alex Linda would make well, it. No, no, I'm she talking is. about 
package stuff in the store and when you buy something they're they're into all anything that's uh manufactured and goes into the home they 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 <laughs> I'm not kidding you you need to look at this because it's there there's uh, oh there used to be a site where you could find all of the uh, the logos for kosher signs that are on your packaging um so well, that's a K inside a circle. I suppose that's kosher. If they have a U yeah, that's you know, inside kosher. a circle, that's another kosher sign. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really go look for it. Yeah, I know uh, most of us don't. But when you find it, you're going, well, why is aluminum foil kosher? That's what I said, you know. Yeah. But then I started uh, checking out other items and finding it on just about everything. You know, you can't buy vitamins without kosher, uh, any kind of vitamins. You're your toothpaste, all of it has the kosher logo on it. I, I, I challenge I challenge Eli James and Pringle Shitty into a uh into a bacon cheeseburger eating contest. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. where 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 are you gonna have that? At the local McDonald's uh Ronald McDonald's? I love no? I love I love I love cheeseburgers. You know the the bacon ones are more expensive here, so now, uh, I, I don't. Sure, that's not good for your gout. No, it's not. You know it's I not. I don't eat I don't eat uh, I don't eat red meat uh, about two hours before I go to bed, or I try not to. Okay. Uh, so pretty well, I haven't had an episode of gout for about a year and a half, though. I haven't had a I haven't had a gout episode since what? Oh. Uh, that's good. August or September of 2013. You, you've uh, lost some weight. You lost a fair amount of weight because I've noticed it in your videos. Whatever. Well, I don't know. No, I usually weigh about. I usually, I usually weigh about 250, 252 pounds. Uh, I I don't think I've lost very much weight. But uh, in case yeah. I was. Uh, you don't look overweight to me. I mean, you're taller, no, so no. you're six three, aren't you? Six two, six two. Six two and a half, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's depends. In the morning, I'm taller. Uh, by time afternoon gets down there, why? Uh, see, what I do is that when I go to the bank, I don't know if you ever been to the bank, but what they have, they have a little, they have a little sign here, and essentially, you want to go ahead and uh, identify how tall bank robbers are. Leave, leave oh, the door. Well, yeah. yeah. See, they have the, you know. If you notice in the bank here at the doors, they'll have a little tape. And what I do is I stand up against the tape here and measure. And usually by the time I get in there around five o'clock p.m. or something like that, why? You're kidding I'm just me. A, I'm just a, I'm just a shade over six foot two. You know what I mean? Uh, they honestly, have, I've never, I've never uh, noticed that before because I don't go to the bank a lot. But you know, I've never noticed. <laughs> you might. You've got to be joking. Oh, I bet there's a kosher sign next to them too. Well, we know the kosher signs. The kosher signs the whole bank. <laughs> well, yeah, the bank it's, it's is right. the kosher sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. Well, anyway, you're you're in Melbourne. Have you have you uh, have you tracked down uh, Robert Hancock or Obagender Bender or the one-eyed dingo or anything like that? Yeah, actually, I I think I told you uh, like in the chat room probably last year. Actually, I met 
a Robert Hancock when I was in uh, an employment agency, and he had a Chinese wife. He said he went to China and he was eating dog with his Chinese wife there. <laughs> and I knew it was Robert Hancock because his name was Robert Hancock and he drank a lot of Coca-Cola because Obi always talks about how he likes to drink Coca-Cola. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't believe those things disrespect. In fact, I don't believe much of this disrespect. They might be right. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you haven't yeah. had very good experiences with Pastor Mister. You have your reasons. Well, I mean, the Mr. Possum can be entertaining. I mean, it can be entertaining. Uh, right now, he decided to be sort of friendly to me. Uh, that little liar, Bill, uh, old Brian Rio, is claiming that he don't know who liar Bill is. He don't know who Victor Switzer is. He don't know who Matt Twatzogbot is. I mean, uh, old Brian Rio's claimed a whole bunch of stuff, and it don't really matter uh, to me. Uh, see, he's, he's sort of caught because you'll have to admit that he's been filing bogus DMCA complaints under penalty of perjury. So he's uh oh he's uh he's wanting to find out he's wanting to find out who has my quote secret web pages because he's been caught quite a bit, but that, that's really none of his concern. Uh I do not I do not uh oh I don't keep big track of Nimbus retards or anybody else here who tells me what's going on in the bowel movement. Uh, I urge people, if they have something uh, to think I should know, send me an email at pastorlinstead at gmail.com. And I would appreciate if they did not use their real name, if they made a bogus uh, DMC or bogus Gmail or Yahoo account. Of course, the national security agent knows, the agency probably knows who all sends stuff to me. But uh, they gotta pretend. They gotta pretend that they're not spying on you. Yeah, they they do that with every. I know that they do it with me. Yeah. Okay. Especially in the Yahoo account. Matter of fact, I, my Yahoo account got hacked when um, I was talking with when I was on the show with um, uh, Logan and uh, your your uh, ex buddy. What's his name? Um, I'm having a senior moment. God bless um, No, no. Um, his buddy, uh, she, Russ Walker. Russ Walker. Walker. Yeah. Well, this is what was happening. Russ Walker was emailing Logan, and he, I mean, he must have been bombarding Logan with like 10 emails a day with all kinds of crap. Oh, he and said, they, he said that he'll send it out to about 45 people. Yeah, yeah. Man, and they'll send man. it back and say, Russ! Stop sending me your retard shit. And yeah, Russell that's will what, continue yeah. and continue and continue. Yeah, until exactly. Yeah. What I do, what I do is I have a, I have, what I have is I have a Russ Walker, I have a Russ Walker folder in Gmail, and what I'll do every so often is that I, you know, I, I don't block Russ Walker, but what I'll do is that oh every so often I'll just take a bunch of Russ Walker email, and I'll put it yeah. into his I'll put it into his TARD folder. I'll put it into his retard folder. 
And yeah. uh, he was, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was bitching, he was bitching yesterday about Dan Johns. He got into Dan Johns' chat room. It was going after the from or vegetable receptor horseshit, and uh, Dan Johns went ahead and blocked him. And old Russ Walker was just, you know, foaming at the mouth. And I said, Oh, don't pump the mouth. You need to have your own talk show. show. Uh, maybe go ahead, go Johnny Tonto Britton and Cody Britton, have your lesbian daughter call in, and maybe yeah. your, you know, maybe yeah. your, maybe your homo, maybe your homo brother from Portugal or whatever, yeah. and you could have, we could have one hell of a card corral. And what's the nimble cards? Why they know it's around them, then they could go ahead and call in, and they could, they could uh, troll your chat room, and heck, we could, you could have just a wonderful card conversation here. You know, but, it would be uh, fun. It would be fun if he had one because of all the stuff that he does. But the, it's true. See, my my Yahoo account got hacked when I was on your show with uh, Logan for that very reason that they were keep. You know, I, I was getting just bombarded with it, and it totally hacked. And I had to close down that account completely because they stole all of my. Um, um, uh, contacts. And I, you know, I didn't like all that was going on, so. <laughs> but they hacked it, and um, and it seems like it happened on uh, Yahoo. So I don't trust Yahoo a lot. <laughs> you know that they they are totally into yeah. They know they know <laughs> who you're emailing, who you are, whatever. They're little, you know, you know the little Jews. That's all they know how to do is be troublemakers. That, that's well, what troublemaker is. R- they probably Rossler, pay him Rossler, to do it. <laughs> Rossler, he calls up troublemaker. I call him trouble mamzer, right? You know, I mean, I've talked with Dewey. I've talked with Dewey Tucker, and uh, I said, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why he thinks he's a troublemaker. He doesn't cause trouble for anybody other than himself. He's just people irritating. Get tired. <laughs> yeah, people get tired of his. People get tired of his. Yeah, I get tired of his uh, retarded shit. So I'm taking, yeah. I'm taking a, uh, I'm taking a picture of an albino niglet here, and that's Russ Walker on my. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. That's floor. not really what he so. looks like. <laughs> he's six huh? two, you know. You know, Russ Walker's six two, or, or you know, he's pretty tall, and he's uh, yeah. got a big, he's got a big nose. The real Russ Walker. Well, I took a picture of a famous Melungeon for his brother, for his brother. And yeah. uh, I'm about to sing a song called The Goinstown Walkers. The Goinstown oh, yes, Walkers sing this song, Judah, Judah. You know, uh, Goinstown Walker, you know, Walker, you know, rest for attention spans uh, about three seconds long over the Judah day. So, in any case, see what Russell do. Is that yeah. he, he'll invite himself, he'll invite himself, invite himself to where uh, old Logan was having dinner with his daddy, the surgeon. Yeah. And Russ Walker would just simply get down on his daddy for, uh, on Logan's daddy for not being Jew-wise. Well, his, his dad <laughs> probably knows about Jews. It's just that he's retired. He does not want to fuck with them. I mean, he probably worked in a hospital with Jews, run by Jews. Why he should went he to fight med with school Jews? Run by Jews. <laughs> the yeah. med so why should Jews. he? <laughs> yeah. Why should he fight? Well, you know, Logan said, 
I wish I'd beat that Russ's ass because he insulted my father. Well, you let you invited him. You invited him to uh, to attend. Russ went to Nashville to visit his lesbian daughter. So here, here's Russ. What he'll do is he'll say something stupid in a chat room. Yeah. He'll call you a he'll call you a GD liar. If you repeat what he said. So yeah. I said, well, Russ, where you say you live among the Lumbee Melanchian Indians, that's a GDUI. I said, no, it ain't, Russ. Uh, here, here's a screenshot for it. So they said, yeah. no, it was Nimbusters. So I said, no. There were no Nimbusters on Eli James' show. Eli James was yapping about Atlantis with 10,000 B.C. And I said, well, Eli, if you're going to talk about you're going to talk about saber-toothed meerkats with six-inch peckers here. Uh, I'm going to go out and do something useful. So I went across the street, and I started this tiller up, and I tilled my garden. I came back, and here is, you know, Russ, you know, Russ Walker said, them niggers are beasts here. I lived amongst the Lumbee Melungeons here in North Carolina, and blah, oh, I live like nigger beasts. So I go, ahead and I, ta- I go ahead and take a picture of that, and here is Russ Walker claiming he lives amongst the Lumbees. Well, uh, the Lumbees say they have a reservation. They say that they you, – you, have you ever heard of the lost, the lost colony of Roanoke, uh, North Carolina? You know, Virginia Dare and all that, they, you know, they disappeared. And there was a – there was a, all they could find was the word Croaton, uh, you know, on some old tree. And they, they lost track of the lost – the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Well, you know, by Sir Walter, Walter Raleigh. Well, uh, supposedly they, uh, the Lumbee Melungeon Indians, why they took in, you know, runaway nigger slaves. They took in, you know, Whiggers. So, uh, you know, here's Russ. He's living amongst what he calls the Lumbee Melungeon Indian Reservation. Well, about three years, four years ago, Russ Walker is bitching because he knows this particular Lumbee yeah. who attends Buddy Tucker's uh, Passover in eastern Tennessee, and he you know, he gets annoyed at his fellow Lumbee. He says, I'm not going to attend your Passover unless you fire what's-his-name, unless you, you know, say somebody can't visit. So Russ, he knows a bunch of Lumbee Melungeons. He probably is one, and he's you know, just a total tart. I oh. mean... Is yeah, he I, I, I told him. That, is he not uh, near or living on the reservation? Because I think most all of the Indians in North Carolina are on reservation, full-blooded ones. Well, they claim, the Lumbees have claimed they live on a reservation. Some will. Uh-huh. Russ will want. They don't have a reservation. Well, the, yeah. actual, the actual Lumbees claim they live on one. Trader Glenn Miller, I believe, was a Lumbee Melungeon. He, uh, yeah. You know, his first thing we got out of the army was to picket what he called the Lumbee Melungeon Reservation. They didn't want any classmen. Yeah. So hey, Mark, hmm? I was going to say, me and Linda, we actually thought that uh, we that you got put in the nut house because you'd exposed Trader Glenn Miller. No. No, well, I thought that too, but no, I don't think that's the case. Okay. Everybody knew about Trader Glenn Miller. Uh, I pretended to be his buddy for four years, and then you know about a month later, I you know they they went to grandchildren. Yeah. So what it, what it was? This was mainly a Newton County thing, but it's also 
it was also because I was running against Matt Blunt here as a Republican. So you know, you, you have you have corrupt you have corrupt county officials you have corrupt state officials and there's no place that's really there's no place in the Zogland that's going to be heaven on earth. Okay. No, we have no rule of law. It's and not anywhere. It's all communist. It's all Jewish controlled. All the Chinese are are all um, Jew schooled. Okay, I'm going to mute Long Island, Brian. Uh, you know how you doing, Long Island, Brian? You got somebody from down under, and you got someone from Jersey City, and how you doing, Brian? I'm all right. I just wanted to uh, ask Bruce a few questions, I guess. Why? Why not? Well, uh, first you said, um, which I'm not uh, questioning your intelligence. I never took an IQ test myself, Bruce, but you said you're 145 IQ, which, uh, you know, that could be. I'm not sure. But then you say you're six foot four. Is, is this just, is, is, are you just talking out of your ass, trying to sound, you know, big from, you no. know, all. If anybody who knows me knows that uh, I have to speak to a psychiatrist once a week or so, because they basically have been in contact with me for since uh, August last year when I got released from the nut house. So they gave me a, a, a Weschler intelligence test, uh, an adult version, and I scored 145. And yeah, I am six. I'm six four, and I'm 190 pounds. You sure about that? About the the height, at least. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you could you could say I'm six foot three and a half, but basically six four. Yeah. Well, I've seen videos of you. Uh, well, although you were sitting down, I mean, I've seen videos of Martin where he's standing up, and he's he looks pretty tall. He looks taller than you, so I don't really know how to explain that. Uh, because you've only seen me sitting down. I only have videos where I'm sitting down. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> so uh, this girl, uh, this woman, I'm sorry, uh, Blushing Mary, uh, you guys are together or what? I'd say uh, basically... What we, what we have now is like a long distance kind of relationship. We talk on the phone uh, like twice a week for like three or four hours, and she wants to visit me for a couple of weeks in the middle of this year. So, yeah. Oh, there's this girl I talked to. Um, she lives in New Zealand actually, and uh, since you're Australian, right? Yeah, I've been to New Zealand as well. But they, uh, well, she t she tells me I don't know if it's if it's uh if they all feel like this over there, but she tells me uh, oh I, you know she has a similar accent to yours, and she says oh I, I hate Australians, and I'm, I don't really say anything to her because you know I'm neither Australian or from New Zealand, but I'm uh, thinking New New Zealand is a lot nicer than Australia. Australia is full of bloody mongrels and scum, yeah. Hmm. Well, how, how long have you and uh, Martin known each other? I uh, first came in contact with Martin in April 2013 when I started listening to his show. But I've been in CI since 
December 2012 when I learned it from uh, Brother Ryan. And, uh, you know, bro, bro, bro Ryan, who's associated with uh, that Jew uh, Rabbi Finkelsheeny? Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched his videos before I knew about, yeah, that alliance. But, yeah, he, he makes pretty good videos. I mean, I'd have to admit, uh, yeah, of course. Well, brother, yeah. brother, I call him Brother Don Arian. I mean, he's he's a you know he's amusing, but oh, he did he did a video on me bitching about you know bitching about my house and oh, I was against you know I was against the government because I you know they wanted me to clean up my house, and I'm saying hey, guess what, uh, brother Don Arian, you're claiming to be you're claiming to be a libertine. You're claiming to be an anarchist. Uh, you know how can you how can you how can you agree with that? Then you're bitching about how Granby doesn't like the way I'm keeping my house. I mean, how do you claim to be an Aryan or, or uh, an anarchist and a libertine when you're bitching about me just telling the city Granby it's none of their damn business how I keep up my house at all? And so I did a little video, and then I I took a piece of uh, you know these two these two uh, plastic uh, pieces, and uh, offered Brother Yon Arian offered him as a lip as lip plates to put you know, to put his lips here since he was uh, putting padlocks in his ear, and I think he went and complained <laughs> to YouTube and got that particular uh, YouTube video taken down. I, I mean. I'll, I was ridiculing his, you know, his bullshit because really, if you believe what you say you do, then why are you bitching about me uh, fighting with the city Granby? Uh, that's one thing I said to the city council. I said, look, uh, you know, elected mayor, why do away with the stupid, you know, bullshit laws? Because what it was, what ten years ago, I got thrown in jail. I got thrown in jail because I bitched about Roxy's niece putting in a double wide. After that bitch had tore down my chicken house, you know, which was on the line, which was she knew when she bought the place that that chicken house existed there, and she tore it down you know, because she could. And I said, "Okay, bitch, uh, you tear down my chicken house, you don't get to put it, you don't get to put in your double wide." And she whined and whined and whined, and when I made a complaint about it uh, in April of uh, two thousand and uh, Five, why, hey, I got arrested. I got arrested by uh, this, you know, by this uh, Granby City pig named Brandon Mashears. So you have these people. They make all sorts of laws, but they have no intention of obeying them themselves here. And that's the nature of, of government everywhere. So uh, in Granby, things have gone fairly, you know, fairly bad. So anyway, I don't, I don't have much... I don't have much use for brother non Aryan. Yeah. Why is he why is he why is he running around with Christogenia t shirts? You know, Christianity from thinking now. I'm listening to I'm listening to Think and last week he's he's reading he's reading from some book which has nothing to do with the Bible and he's yap 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 yapping about Homer and Hesion, Herodotus. And all this sort of thing. He doesn't seem to know. He doesn't seem to know when these people actually existed. But in any case, none of them have anything to do with the Bible at all. 
Well, I just wanted so, to ask uh, Bruce one more, you know, question. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, like what month, uh, you know, like when's your birth date? Like mine's, you know, September 29th, 93. Like when when were you born? Uh, I was born the 23rd of February, 1994. I share the same birthday as Richard Butler. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you're also 21, right? Yeah. But I guess in Australia, you know, uh, it's, it's different than <clears throat> than America. Like this, uh, this uh, girl I talked to in New Zealand, you know, they she was telling me uh, when you're 18, you can drink and stuff there. Well, you know, in America, you have to be 21. Just little yeah. things like that. Yeah, when you're 18, you're allowed to basically do everything. You're allowed to vote. You're allowed to drink. But yeah. 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 But you've been to, uh, you know, New Zealand, and, like, is that all just, you know, Australia and New Zealand? Well, the difference is, like, New Zealand, at least on the South Island, it's really beautiful, most of it, and most of it's it's uh, mostly still white. The North Island of New Zealand has got a lot more mongrels, you've got the uh, Maoris there, and you've got a lot more Asians. Uh, do you know, like, where would uh, that place, uh, Christchurch, is that, where would that fall in there? Christchurch is on the South Island, and they had, uh, like, three earthquakes when I visited uh, in 2013. So the city center was just, it looked like half the buildings were cracked in half. And a lot of people think, like, HARP, you know, that Jew-run, like, uh, weather program out of Alaska and America, that they did a lot of those earthquakes, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've only well lived in uh, America, but I was in. I'm sure you know, like uh, California. That's where I was for a good five years, and then. Uh, but before that, I was in the East Coast, like New Jersey, and now I'm back in uh, in uh, New York, or not New York, but the East. Well, you know, the East Coast in general, and uh, Long Island. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of hard, you know, to to say because America is such a big place. It's it's uh. For people like us, um, you know, if, if you're not really born into a place you like much and you move around like I did with my with my uh, family and my parents, it's a uh, it's kind of hard to say where you want to be or whatever, you know, because there's a whole bunch of America's a big place, so it's kind of hard to say, uh, you know, whatever, like what's the be- the best place to live in. And I never lived down south or in the Midwest or anything like that, which is probably that'll probably be my next stop, you know, a place like. Or uh, Pastor Lindstedt is somewhere down in Missouri or something. I'm from yeah. uh, Midwest. Um, this is uh, Blushing Mary. My name is Linda. I was born and raised in a little town called Laporte, Indiana. And it's about 10 miles off of Lake Michigan and uh, 60 miles southeast of Chicago. And, of course, that was a, a number of years back, and I grew up there. And there were absolutely no um, black people. The whole town was all white, all, all Caucasian, about 30,000 people. And, uh, of course, the Jews called my home state, Indiana, um, the racist state because, you know, everybody's white and they're Christian. <laughs> so they were racist. But I'm sure uh, over the years it's changed. I checked in with their... Um, Oops. <clears throat> with the commerce there, you know, watching them. 
and they've had some Jew, Jewish uh, um, mayors, you know, Jewish mayors, actually. And uh, I'm sure they're going to flood the area with blacks soon, if they haven't already. They're moving in, you know. Uh, they're like 30 miles from uh, Gary, Indiana, which is totally all black, right outside of Chicago. And then I lived in North Carolina. I lived in Ohio for about 13 years, in Dayton, Ohio. My son was born on top of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And that was all service people. But you see, that was a number of years ago. And, uh, I, you know, everything is so changed across the country, Brian. It's really hard, you know. You, you, you know, I saw Charlotte totally changed when I lived there. It, you know, I saw it change from the southern town with the soul. You know, it had all kinds of character into this uh, corporate uh, nightmare. Um, and they were infiltrating back in the 80s. The uh, um, beaters were coming in. It was really disgusting. They were driving around in, you know, big Mercedes Benz and had uh, loads of jewelry and all their little kids and, you know, uh, uh, and uh, getting uh, on food stamps and driving into the food stamps with their, you know, Mercedes and their big cars. And, uh, yeah, that was in the uh, 80s. So then I've lived here in Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn for a good while. And um, oh, wow. all, I, all I can say is, like, you know, I've lived a number of places, sort of like yeah. you have. It's hard to say you have a home. And when you go back to your where you originally grew up or something, you'll find out it's either, it's either like it hasn't changed mentally. And people that are from my hometown that have been living there all their lives, they're, they're so, they're like in, a, in a, uh, another planet because they have no idea what's going on. If you start talking race to them about what's happening to our kind, they'll look at you like you're crazy, and then they'll call you a racist. Yeah. Because many of them never travel out of that little area. You know, they work in the community. The most they might go is some little rural area outside of the, you know, the the town uh, to buy, you know, food from some farmers or whatnot or do a little shopping you know, and they might go into the city once in a while, but they, you know, my hometown is still 30,000. And I, you know, I left there with 1962 with 30,000 people. It still is 30,000 people. So it hasn't grown. And the commerce is, you know, people from Florida who've been living in Florida have been moving to LaPorte, my hometown in Indiana. They're, like, they're going there to retire, which is just the opposite of what was going on back in the 50s. People were leaving there to go to Florida to get out of the cold weather. But now families are moving into, the, into it. Uh, actually, I think white families are moving there because they want to get their children in schools where they're white children, not, you know, all these mugs. So uh, it, it's yeah, hard I mean, to say. When I was in, you know, California, it wasn't my home uh, state or anything to begin with. So, you know, the Mexicans out there and stuff, it's uh, I didn't really have much to complain about. But now I'm back on the East Coast and I'm seeing uh, very slowly, I'm seeing, you know, them, you know, coming out here, kind of crawling out under the rocks, these uh, Mexicans coming up here and, um, you know, speaking okay. Spanish and even going even going to stores, getting say like uh, just anything you buy, it would have a 
secondary um, language on the labels, you know, like say you, yeah, you get yeah. like a bag of chips or something or just uh, anything like that. And it's, it, it's well, really, you know, it's really uh, aggravating. So it's, the, most that's, aggravating. Uh, yeah, well, they they intend to take over. They, you know, they call this Lorenza, you know, the race. And uh, they, they, um, you know, I mean, you can't call into your bank without them asking, you know, oh, hit one if you speak uh, English and hit two or Spanish. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's that way all across the United States now. So. Yeah. There isn't any place what I can say unless you like you live like uh, um, where Pastor uh, Lindstead lives in Missouri. Even his little town could be bombarded eventually. You know, um, he has a few uh, Hispanics and I think some blacks living in in uh, his area. So, well, you um, have you have a you have a nigger. I just got back a little bit. You have a nigger or two, and then you have oh. Woke up and there was gooks in Granby. Oh, really? And then yeah. uh, about three weeks ago, quite some packies bought the two convenience stores in Granby. So you have packies and gooks in Granby. You got yeah, and then packies shanks. Huh? And packies shanks. Yeah, sort of like old Savan Packy Shanks, but they don't have quite as big a nose as the Savan Packy Shanks. He looks more like a Jew Packy. <laughs> you know, they they come in slowly. They they come in, you know, after one family gets in, they bring in the rest of their family gradually. I don't know if there's any jobs there, they'll end up taking over the jobs, especially the computer jobs, both um, Indians. And you know, I, even in, even when I lived in Jersey uh, before living in California in my short life, I'm only 21, like Bruce here, but. Uh, even seeing, you know, the first generation. Yeah, I, I've seen, I've seen them, and the first generation of, uh, they weren't actually Mexicans or uh, Costa Ricans. Uh, you know, they had some good worth eth- work ethic and all that, but their children, you know, were just like, uh, g- you know, want to be gangster type, you know, spicks. You know, to put it yeah. lightly, actually, they were just yeah, that's what they dumb. are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So you know, yeah, the first generation who comes over here, yeah, they might be hard workers, but you know, it's not like it continues down the line. It's no way. It's uh, uh, well, that's right. What they do is the families come in and move into an apartment. Uh, you know, for instance, when I lived in Brooklyn, I lived a lot of that. They would get a move into a uh, apartment, and then they'll bring in their uh, other families, cousins and whatnot, or, you know, how many children they have from bring them in from Mexico. And next thing you know, they have maybe 10 people living in that one apartment with a, you know, one bedroom. And they all get jobs under the table. That's why, especially in New York, you know, they, you know, go in and get waitress jobs. And a lot of them drive cabs. They don't even, they're, they're, you know, under the table. They're not on. they make a fair amount of money, and if they get a lot of them living together, they can afford some of these apartments, you know, and they don't. And they send all their ex- excess dollars back to the family in uh, South America somewhere, and then eventually they move in. They, they come in, into the country. So that's how it's done. And then they, while they're here, you know, if they get in here, they, they have babies right away. They, they can't pop out babies fast enough. 
Yeah, I just read a story the other day about this. Uh, this, you know, there were young, uh, I'll call them Hispanic couple, uh, you know, Mexican whatever couple. Um, I guess uh, married couple, whatever you want to call them, and they had like five or six children. And I guess the cops came to their house and and uh, they found you know the parents weren't there, and they were you know the children were pretty much living in feces and all kinds of other filth. You know, that's what it's like. That's what they do. And uh, and then a lot of times it's very hard for them to get these people evicted too because they know how to use the system and they choose really are protecting them. They want them here. It's all planned. You know, as soon as they get across that border, and that's why you you find these Mexicans that the women they're like right at nine. You know, like uh, nine, nine months, or right at almost time for delivery, and then they head over the border and have, you know, and uh, get across the border in the U.S. and then give birth to the baby, and the baby's automatically a U.S. citizen. So then, therefore, they will not um, uh, ship them back. You know, the the family, and it's all on uh, white man's tax dollars who pays for all that. Yeah. Hey, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is how this is. Look, Brian, I'm 70. I, you know, I was married to a Jew, with, who was very smart, has an IQ like Brian. Uh, graduated on the dean's list at Purdue in engineering. We had nothing when we got married. We were kids. We lived in a trailer for eight years. Um, I see that there. Um, and then, adult, you know, in the meantime, he became very successful. He, he, he went into computers because there were only four computers in the United States back in the 60s. He graduated in 1964 on the Dean's List with Cobalt and uh, Ford Trend. There were four computers in the U.S. at that time. And a uh, year before, or about two, almost two years before, he asked me if he should take this course. It was elective. So the computers, you know, really uh, went wild. But... What I'm getting at is he was Jewish, very smart. He got into uh, school, and he, you know, it wouldn't matter. He passed with the high scores. But because he was Jewish, he could pretty much get into any of the top schools or whatever. And uh, such as Pastor Lindsay here, he's very intelligent. He he would have been a great um, engineer. If he had a yeah, Jewish definitely. family, no, if he had a Jewish family, they were really Jews, he he would have gotten into uh, engineering. He would have gotten through engineering, what he chose to go into. It would have happened. Um, they pick. And what they're doing, I found out that when I lived in Charlotte, when I was divorced in North Carolina, and my ex was a big computer man. He made a lot of money. Uh I mean, in fact, he sold the first mini computers in the world to AT&T for all the long-line telephones back in the 70s. And he taught all the General Motors executives at that time. That was before, you know, Ford and General Motors left the country, you know, sold out. Uh, all of them, Cobalt and Ford Trend in uh, 1970, 1970 and 71, and he made a lot of money. So I went through what you call the um, divorce boom 
uh, all the corporate world back in the 70s and 80s, started really the 80s, they started filtering, flooding the country with all these uh, Indians, started with the Indians from India, mostly, and uh, brought them into the research triangle in North Carolina. And these Indians, they were putting them in all the state schools, engineering, you know, uh, North Carolina State, East Carolina, uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, where I live, Duke University. They were getting put in positions that so-called white rich kids, <laughs> white kids didn't want to fight in the medical professions. They took all the no... Um, you know, the not unpopular courses became doctors and technicians and um, computers. And uh, so what's ended up happening is they have brought these people in, and they come in intentionally, are told to do that, and they're told also they're to, to mingle and marry and go for white women. And these go for white women. And that white women are nothing but whores, all the white women yeah. Well, I think that's partially true. I mean, uh, like my like my father, his uh, his sister actually married a, a Jewish guy, and um, but he, <laughs> unlike many Jews, as we would think, he he doesn't make a lot of money. I, I'm trying to think what he even does for a living, but he doesn't make as much as my dad, and uh, I think try, I, I just can't think of what he does. Something, um, hmm. Something with a photocopying or something, nothing that big. But you know, my father, uh, his mom was German, his dad was Polish, and uh, yeah, my father majored in engineering, and you know, he's he's uh, in pharmaceuticals today, and he's you know, I'm not just saying it because it's my father, but he's like you know one of the smartest guys I I know, and uh, he doesn't talk much. I mean, uh, as much as I do, I, I guess I get my talking aside uh, from my wow. mother, but. He's a real smart guy, and um, he's in pharmaceuticals, and you know, um, it's like it's actually kind of a. I guess you would say it's um, it's not that a good thing because the kind of pharmaceutical, you know, pharmaceuticals like Prozac and all that crap. Yeah, is, uh, I that, yeah. <laughs> I call hey. it the do. Uh, you got to make money somehow, I guess, in that yeah. <laughs> stupid hey, business Brian. thing. Brent, yeah, hey, talk about Prozac. Ryan, talk about oh, I've actually been on antidepressants uh, for not, you know, maybe a year or two, but I got off them, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a really horrible medication. A lot of people commit suicide on that. Prozac. What were you that's saying, actually- Bruce? Yeah, I was going to say uh, it'd be a good good idea to talk about the nut house now. Now, you know, Willie Willie Martin actually wrote in his book Communism: A Jewish Talmudic Concept. He wrote. Uh, that the Jews plan to fill uh, nut houses or you know mental institutions with anti-Semitic lunatics. That's their that's their overall the plan. They want to silence anybody who opposes them. So I spent two months uh, as a voluntary patient in the nut house uh, here in Melbourne. Uh, if I if I went involuntary, in, then I would have been handcuffed by the police. And uh, I could have spent up to six months there. So they put me on Respiridol, uh, two, two milligrams. And the sorts of people I met in the nut house 
vast majority of them were uh, drug addicts. And Martin is absolutely right. The girls in the nut house are way crazier than the guys there. But there was also uh, the weirdest guy I met there was uh, a Jew, an, an obese Jew, who was uh, about six foot five. He was massive, about 300 pounds. His name was Emmanuel, and he believed that he was Judas Iscariot, so he's a schizophrenic. And he told me about how he liked to molest his nephews and nieces, you know, a typical Jew, basically, and you know, some really crazy, messed up people in the nut house that made me look like I was the sanest person there, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm only uh, one of two children. I'm the youngest. I have an older brother. He, uh, he actually majored in psychology and. Um, he he did he did some psychedelic drug and he actually went into uh I guess you could call a nut house for a week. Um I'm just trying to think what the drug was. It was something like cac cactus uh I just can't think of the name of it. Um uh, Peyote? Peyote, yeah, I think that's what what it was. Yeah. I And he I got he got I, real fucked yeah. up from that and he's never been the same since, but uh Yeah, yeah I've I've seen it happen firsthand to, you know, him yeah. and but he he was always you know ever since I was a kid he was always a bully to me you know <laughs> yeah he was like uh but you know that's part of growing up I guess I mean I've I've seen friends I've had friends who had it even worse like uh who had a few older siblings I knew a, a Irish half Irish half Italian kid and he had an older brother who was uh in a tree actually he was going through the woods and his older brother was like kind of lurking in a tree and he got a big rock and threw it at his head and the chunk of his head fell off and his parents had to get like the chunk of his head to glue it back on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that's messed up. Uh, yeah, I've met some, you know, pretty crazy, uh, you know, I guess mental damage or whatever you want to call it. That's one thing, but, you know, I've yeah. never really got physically hurt that bad from him, but yeah. uh, I've I've seen, you know, siblings who pretty much tried to kill each other and, yeah, scary. Hey, stuff. I think, I think oh, Martin. I think Martin was on uh, Respiridol when they put him in wow. the nut as well. <laughs> the whole purpose of it—it it wasn't for what. It wasn't really approval. Live that it was this nigger bitch named uh, Alicia Thompson, and then another nigger bitch, V. Marvelling French, and the whole purpose of it was to justify keeping me in maximum security nut houses. Is what it was. Uh, now, I got caught by this damn Tanz Tanzanian nigger named named uh, Fatih Saeed, and for oh about a day or so, they had me on Haldol, which was nasty stuff here. Yeah. Uh, no, looks like he uh, hung up by accident. Something happened with the beaner phone. What's that? Something happened with Martin's beaner phone. He'll be back. <laughs> beaner phone. Well, our sense is what, the drug thing is it's all about keeping you drugged. And when they drug you, and some of these drugs will cause infidelity. They, they cause you so many other problems, um, you know, the repercussions from them. And it's all to keep man from knowing what's going on, you know, to keep you dumbed down and stupid and you're not to mention the real issue which is 
the genocide against the Caucasian race. Yeah. And I mean, basically, basically, you know, the the police uh, and psychiatrists wanted me put away when I when they knew that I was telling a lot of people about the Jews and what they were doing at my university last year. And you know, if you did something like that, uh, Brian, if you went around telling people about the Jews, you'd probably get thrown in the nut house. And I think something similar, you know, that's something similar was going to happen to Logan Hanna. As well, you know. Oh yeah, he was—he was definitely told. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, the sad thing is, when I lived in uh, Jersey, I, I had two friends. Um, well, one of them had happened uh, more soon than the other. I had one friend. He uh, a lot of a lot of kids. I, I actually never even tried it, but a lot of kids were getting into you know ecstasy, right? Yeah. And I, and I guess my friend, he was uh, also, you know, Polish like me. He got into a bad batch of it and uh he died from it and then uh uh-huh. a, few, a few years on later, um I had a he was an Italian friend of mine. He uh I think he moved down to Florida with his family with his mom and his brother after his father died and I th- I think he mixed pain pills with alcohol and I don't really think it was on purpose, but yeah, it's but, but if looking back those two guys, you know, they would have been right on our side if they didn't get into that kind of shit. So yeah, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen, you know, at least those two of my friends, you know, good friends just fucking, you know, die from drugs, you know. it's uh, I've, I've never really done anything besides drinking and, you know, smoking pot. That's it because, you know, I've even smoking pot, I've had uh, panic attacks from it. So I never did anything, you know, more than that. Like, uh, you know, you hear about people trying all this other stuff, but I just never, you know... I'm not like a daredevil yeah. when it comes to stuff like that, you know. It's stupid. It's there's no point into it. I agree. Yeah. Have you been have you been following the Daily Stormer recently? Uh you know? Martin? Yeah, I mean I, I check it uh at least at least every other day. I mean I just check you know, I go on there. I, I sometimes I comment but I haven't really commented on there for the last few days. Uh yeah, I I, I, I like to see what people, you know, comment about because especially this uh, latest show they had I think there was a woman on there and uh a lot of yeah. commenters are saying, Oh, why is there a, a chick on there or something, you know. But, you know, I'm I'm suspect of it. I mean uh, I, th- I think a lot of articles are good, but I'm also at the same time I'm not really sure, you know, about the, the uh, Andre and then the, as as uh, <laughs> we call him the Sven Packy Shanks. I'm not really sure about them, you know. Espe- especially well, I, this Andre I, 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 guy. I mean, he he's been what like uh he's been going. He's kind of always been in Asia and stuff. Like he doesn't really live in America. Well, yeah. I look at the pictures of Red Packy Shanks and I see I see a brown skinned critter with a big nose. You know what I mean? You know, by his own you know, by his own you know, Sven Longshanks ain't his real name. I hear it's Tony Young, but you look at him and here you here you have a brown skinned critter with a big long nose. Same way a brother non Aryan, another brown skinned critter, uh Brian Rio. Another sort of brown skin, you know, I mean, Dan Jones. I mean, 
you have all these critters, you have all these critters pretending to be Aryans, and they're not, you know, they're not even white. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Andre the albino nigger angling, he went to the Philippines and basically slept with a whole bunch of underage trannies. Probably they're trannies, but, you know, he would, what, four years ago, he was an anti-racist activist. You you have these critters come in, sort of like Brian Rio. You know, February 13th, he's bitching, he's bitching, he sued Obama, you know, just because he was black. I mean, come on, Brian Rio, you're supposed to be a, uh, you're supposed to be a, you know, Aryan Nations racist white man, and guess what? You're not, you know, you're not that. So here's the thing. Here's a bunch of brown-skinned people running around, and he's actually a Jew. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. So you have all these characters, they come in, and they're either like, oh, the gender better, won't even show the real face. Won't even show yeah. the real face. Uh, and then when you see the real face, why, hey, they got to explain that, well, uh, I just looked that way by some sort of accident or something. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I was noticing, you know, just after October 13th, before I went ahead and found Brian Real, here he is, he's talking He's talking about the restoration, but he's also, here he is, supposedly he translated the New Testament, but he doesn't know who Simon Magus was. Well, if you translated New Testament, you would have known. You would have known something about the Simon Magus. He didn't know anything about. It. So Dewey Tucker's right. He uh, he was given just like uh, Trader Glenn Miller. He was given a whole new. He was given a whole new identity. He was given a whole new job. Here he is. He's to pretend that he's a Greek scholar, but he's not. He doesn't. You know, he doesn't really. You know, I, I listen to Fink's uh, podcast. Here he is. He's talking about a bunch of stuff which has nothing to do with the Bible, be it Homer or Hesiod or Herodotus or Tacitus or, you know, uh, you know what's Digilus Siculus or something like that here. And, you know, come on. I mean, why are you pretending to be something or another? I have actually read Eli James's. uh you know, book the great impersonation. The great impersonation is Eli James pretending to be a uh, Christian identity pastor. So you have a number of these people. I, listen, Dan Johns, he doesn't seem to understand anything about Christian identity uh, at all. He's talking about oh, about how the the Welsh why they're related to the Cherokees, and I go ahead and ask him, well, why are you Cherokee? Oh no, 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 I'm not. Well then, why are you saying that the Cherokees are Israelites? Uh, yeah. Why, you know, why do you why do you come up with all this sort of stupid crap? Yeah. And that's what that's what gets me is that Christian identity, you know, per se, is just the belief that white people are the you know the lost what thirteen tribes of the House of Israel, you know, the ones who have now you know Christian identity now, uh, oh. You have all these characters, they've come in, and they're not going to really leave. Jeremy Visser would probably be a lot better off if he just simply dropped the Christian identity and became a uh, Pentecostal pastor. Because there's plenty of brown skinned, you know, there's plenty of brown skinned uh, 
you know, it used to be called Pentecostal lintheads because they would work. They used to hate niggers. They would work at the cotton gym. They'd get all this cotton lint in their hair, which would turn their okay, hair white. Uh, okay, I, I, I have to go now because... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll You're see you later. Out, okay. So anyway, yeah, I'm, you I'm running out of money, so... Well, we'll uh, I can ring in next week, probably, so okay. we'll see you then. Hail victory. Hail victory. Bye-bye, Bruce. Bye-bye. Anyway, so you you have a bunch of these people come in Christianity or come into whatever and they don't belong. Uh, I was looking I was looking at and they're talking about Kevin Alfred Strong. He's supposedly the media director for the National Alliance. And here's Linder, a Jew, and he yaps about Kevin Alfred Strong chasing after you know, chasing after some little eight or nine or ten year old uh, Eskimo girl or whatever, and here he is. He says, no, "I didn't do this. I didn't do that." But at the time when he tried to say that, the judge said, "Would well, you want to go to trial or not?" And Kevin Armstrong went in and folded. So you have all these people. They tried to reinvent themselves, much like Trader Glenn Miller did. And uh, hey, uh, you shouldn't trust people who essentially a don't belong. You know, there's no way in hell they belong. They want to pretend to be something they're not. So with, you know, with Andre Angling, three, four years ago, he was an anti-racist activist. He he would run around. Here's my jailbait Filipino girlfriend. And now he's a quote, you know, he's a quote Nazi or he's a fascist or he's this or he's that. And the answer is no, he's not. He's just some. He's just some quitter who was given money. You know, there, there's a number of ways to finance anything in the bowel movement. You know, one is to sell stuff, to sell colloidal silver, to sell wheat berries. And then there's another one to where you are. It looks like, looks like Bush and Mary American Drop 2 here, and Ruth had to go. So anyway, uh, you have... Uh, <laughs> You have all sorts of critters who don't belong, never did belong, and they're insisting that you believe them, and I don't. Okay? So <laughs> I doubt that's going to happen. So, folks, we're going to take a we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back in about three or four or five minutes. Hail victory.
Hey, can uh, any of you, you guys hear me on, on here? Yeah, I can hear you. I put up that link about Andre Angeline Exposed. What do you think of that article? To me, I think it showed that old Andre the nigger was getting quite a few questions to where he had to answer them. He chose to answer them the way he did, to where, nah, nah, girl, he didn't bring it up. Did you see that? Did you see that article? Andre? Yeah, yeah. The the funny thing is, I I didn't want to really say it in the chatter before, but I guess I might as well now. Um, That first picture of him, you know, he has that, uh, what do you call it, the black sun tattoo. That doesn't really mean anything. Anyone can get tattoos. I got a few, but... uh, Uh, you know, I usually show my, my mother a lot of, you know, not a lot, but, you know, some some stuff. And I showed her uh, that video where he did, like, in the first minute, he said, oh, I killed a man because he didn't pet his dog right. And and she said, that, that looks like a Jewish guy I used to go to school with. I'm not kidding, too. Oh, okay. So your <laughs> mother thinks he's a Jewish guy. I remember when old Wolfowitz Wailing Wallstein, and this was last year, you know, around June or so, Yes, he is a weird-shaped cat. You know, and I'll say, yeah, he is a weird-shaped cat. He's a nigger, or he's a good deal nigger. Now his dad looks like a worthless sort of wigger, you know. But you gotta want, you gotta wonder. I mean, one of the things they used to talk about. Oh, you might have, you know, you might have sort of blondish-looking mulattoes. You know, they they've been they've been bred. You know, they bred out the nigger, and supposedly. Every so often, the uh, nigger comes back, and they, they, you know, I mean, you know, back when, you know, back when they used to have slaves, why every so often, uh, and a lot of them started saying the same thing is that they'd only get whiter as long as there was a steady input of, well, you know, white, uh, white dick here. Uh, one, one of the things that's sort of funny is that in order to have a Beyonce niglet. You have to have white pecker and uh, a high yellow, a high yellow, uh, you know, mother. But you have to have wigger pecker. If you end up having a nigger, go ahead and screw, you know, go ahead and screw a white woman like that. Uh, oh, like Tigger the nigger Woods here. He married a Swedish woman or a Swedish, you know, a Swedish girl uh, for his wife here. And you, know, you seen their kid? It was, it was a, it was a, it was a shit colored nigger. Uh, in order to have a Beyonce nigger. You have to you have to have white pecker in order you know trying to bleach out the you know nigger, but every so often it'll come running back to you. Uh, Roxy's sister married uh, a blonde, blue-eyed Anglo mestizo, and uh, what happens is that two of their four children definitely looked you know definitely looked like they had Indian. In fact, the boy definitely looked you can tell he looked definitely Indian, and he is. His son, his son uh, looked definitely Indian. So it's you know once it's in there, those genes are dominant. They can be maybe masked a little bit. But Andre the nigger looks like you know his, his daddy may look like a wigger or something like that. Uh, but no, I mean Andre. I call him Andre the nigger. Uh, there, there used to be a wrestler called Andre the Giant. I don't know if you ever heard of him or not. I call him Andre, you know, Andre the Nigger Angling. And uh, Angling is definitely an English name, sort of like Angle or Angley, you know, uh, which they call themselves. So it used to be called Angleyland, but they called themselves Angley, so it became in England. So you look at Andre the Nigger, and he doesn't look white. And I was looking because 
whenever you have somebody impersonating somebody and there's a whole bunch of talk, you know, and I found out the best way to deal, to deal politically is to start an old-fashioned whispering campaign. You're not writing it on the Internet. You're just sort of spreading it, you know, with, you know whispering campaign. And, uh, hey, it looked like old Andre the Nigger had to, you know, on March 14th, Andre Angeline exposed. Well, he's the one who's writing it. And so you, you see that, and he'll have a little Aryan sign, and he'll look. He's doing his best to look like white trash loser in order to, you know, pretend he doesn't have some nigger in him. But this uh, so that well, that, that, that's one of the things I've always, well, not always, but I've heard before, like, uh, oh, because um, he shaves his head, you know, uh, in California, uh, you know, I used to hang out with skinheads. I shaved my head. Now I'm growing it out. And, you know, I got brown hair and it's uh, it's thin, you know, thin brown hair, uh, straight, you know, too. And and they say uh, well, to find out, you know, you kind of got to, like a lot of people, who are trying to hide something, they'll just keep shaving it, shaving it, shaving it, right? Because, you know, they're trying to hide, like, because, uh, you know, you don't know if he grows out his hair, if it's kinky or curly, or I'm not saying if you have curly hair, you're you're a Jew automatically, but still, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like he's going bald or anything, and, yeah, I mean, it, I, I got to admit, I mean, if you look into his eyes and stuff, well, not that I've ever looked into his eyes, like, you know, at a at yeah. dinner or something, but, you know, in pictures and stuff, he, he it's like these Ukrainian, these Ukrainian Jews, he always points out, he kind of looks like one of them, I mean, don't you think? Well, he don't look so much a Jew to me, he looks like, he looks like he's part nigger. I mean, it's sort of like corn cop. Uh, he had another, he went ahead, the joke is he paid for another, DNA test this time he uh, he paid to be you know hundred percent European. So like Carolyn Yenta, she goes in, she does a DNA test, and it's centered around what Saudi Arabia. Well, she's what she is is that, and she hasn't denied it, is that her brother was head of this uh, you know Hungarian American uh, you know society in Chicago. Well, what is a Hungarian? It's it's known as a Magyar. Uh, the Magyars used to be the cousins to the Khazars, and when the when the Rush when uh, Stanislav, who was Prince Vladimir's uh, you know grandfather, decided not to kill the Jews, not well, not to kill the Khazars, he decided to destroy their power. Well, and yeah, yeah she's one of those one. She's one of those uh, wannabe Germans, I think. You know. Oh yeah, she's she's far more quote German than most Germans are. Uh, most Germans, when you are in Germany, why they're sort of embarrassed about Adolf Hitler. They've been taught, you know, it. You you don't really, you know, Hitler is a sort of embarrassing is an embarrassing thing. Most Germans, most Germans. Uh, you know they've been taught they're supposed to hate Hitler, but then again the old, you know when we used to when we used to do maneuvers here the old the old Germans who were, you know when they must have been fourteen, fifteen, sixteen they were in the Hitler Youth, they look upon even the Americans as uh, you know they, they have a sort of hard look about their face here. You know I mean their eyes are all sort of hard. 
And like I used to say, is I never met a Germany a German when I was in Germany who ever fought against the Americans. They always fought on the they always fought on the uh, Eastern Front. Or no, I never met a German who had actually fought against the Americans. But you know that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, you know they're they're sort of embarrassed. They're sort of you know, and you could be you know you can be fine if you call German a Nazi or something like that. Uh, you know they'll, they'll have little. They'll have there's some of them who'll sell Nazi memorabilia, whether it's real or not, but it's it's against the law. And so they're, you know, they're sort of, you know, they know Hitler exists, but they don't want to admit they exist. You know, uh, so here here's Carolyn Yeager. You know, here she is. She's a Magyar. She's a Magyar, which means that she's part Khazar. You know, sort of like a horse kite. And he she is far more she is far more She's far more pro Nazi than even you know than even Nazis, you know, ex Nazis or whatever find it politic to admit. Uh, sort of like you know a Hollywood Nazi, right? Yeah, she 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 got to go ahead and pretend that she's more Nazi than what the Nazis are, uh, what what a real Nazi would be. Of course, you got to realize is that. Let's see. Uh, in order to actually serve, you had to be born right around 1920 or so. Uh, you would have been, oh, let me see, you would have been 19. You would have been 19 or something like that. So uh, generally, the uh, you know the youngest one who was served in the you know as any capacity you know in the army or whatever the Third Reich, unless they were Hitler Youth at the very end. He would have been born, let me see, oh, probably 19, probably around 19, uh, what, oh, 30, you know, 1930, you know, you know minimum here. Uh, most of them would have been born in 1920 or something, so they'd be 90-some years old by now. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. So, so I, you know, when I, was in, when I was in the Army in 1981 to 1983 in Germany, there was still there was still some people and they were in their sixties who served under you know, who served under Hitler and you would be driving your tank and then some of the older Germans would be rather hard eyed when you would come by. Uh you know, not to you know I mean uh you know, they ain't too crazy they weren't too crazy about niggers or something like that, but you couldn't say anything. You couldn't say anything at all. So here's Carolyn Yeager. She has a she has a checkered path and she will whine. She will whine when it comes time to talk about it. They won't be like Brian Rio, won't be like Fink, essentially denying it. Uh what she will do is she won't she won't deny it. Uh sort of like uh Debbie Downey. I think Debbie Downey is a Jewess. Uh and she ran she ran off with a little meerkat who pretended to be a Klansman. And Dewey Tucker was saying is that you know, here is old Meerkat Mark calls him up here and says, Oh, I used to be CI, CI in 1976. You know, you lying bastard. You lying bastard. Uh, it wasn't called Chris Nidanti back then. Uh, it really wasn't called Chris Nidanti till probably the early 90s or so. Hmm. And then you had people talk about it. It used to be called, you know, well, it was called British Israelitism for the longest time. It was called Israel identity. It'd be called like Kingdom identity. I mean, I've, I've met, 
I've met a number of them, like Mike Callamore. Mike Callamore, essentially, you know, he, uh, you know, he inherited he inherited both from Lorraine Swift, you know, Wesley Swift's Wesley Swift's mantle, and Lorraine Swift would essentially invite about all sorts of critters. She she send she supposedly sent stuff to you know to old Finkelsheeny to Rabbi Fink. She supposed to send something to another. Uh, Ashkenazi Melungeon Mongrel named Brian Wright who used to hang around uh, old Jeremy Visser until John Britton revealed this picture of him looking like a uh, Hittite uh, chink or something like that. He has sort of slant eyes. And uh, so you have all these people coming in, and a lot of times they won't deny what they are. Carolyn Yeager doesn't deny that she's you know Hungarian, but here she does a DNA test. It doesn't really matter how many DNA tests here. I mean, I think the first most correct, I believe, corn cob is 14% nigger and 86% Jew boy. I mean, he's fucked up in the head. So you have all these people, and what they try to do is that they're caught, and then they try to reinvent themselves, like Kevin Alfred Strom has tried to do. Uh, Will Williams. Uh, essentially, he was just simply a... He's been a console pro Zogbot since forever. Uh, but you, you you go ahead, like, say, Mona Montgomery will call in, and Fink will tell her more than Fink will ever tell me or Keith Southworth or anybody else. I mean, Fink will, Fink will reveal far more stuff here uh, when he thinks that you're not listening or something like that. Fink... Oh, three weeks ago, I think I said, hi, hello, Brian. And then he had him on TeamSpeak, oh, Brian Rio, and you could hear the Mongol drone. Well, guess what? Think doesn't do that anymore. But think, because I can't get on TalkShoe, listen to TalkShoe directly, have to call the phone in, is that think is not before the show. He knows I'm listening. He knows I'm more than likely recording. And so ever since... I put up that, okay, here's a Mongol. Here's a Mongol why. He's still going after Mount Brian Rio. He won't tell. He won't go through the listing of who's on his TeamSpeak server. You understand what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. So you have you have all these characters. This, and, you know, Andre Angeline Exposed, written by Andre Angeline. He knows that people are calling him Andre the Nigger. He knows... That people are talking about three years ago or four years ago. He was an anti-racist activist. He had this YouTube a, a sex tourist, in, you know, in the Philippines. The jailbait. <laughs> the jailbait girlfriend, and you know, he took it down. And he will, he will put a DMCA. He will slap a DMCA complaint on your ass if you bring it in there. So what you have is you, you know, and you know, folks, I ridicule the Nimbusters. I really do. You know, I really kill the Nimbuster Tarts. But what the Nimbuster Tarts do, because they like mischief, you know, they like, say, a Marty Chum or whatever, it you know, was a little bit of a sting because I let the Tarts run wild. Okay? I really let them run wild in my chat room because what they are is they're sort of like magpies. They're sort of like crows. If you pay attention to what's going on, you can see what's going on. If you, Let's say you're – let's say – you're looking for rabbits or something like that. And usually the, the dogs that chase rabbits are beagles. But you have any dog. 
You know what I mean, dog? He will smell. He will smell or hear that rabbit before you do. You, you're paying attention. You're paying attention to what you know the other animals you know say do here. Here's Andre. You know Andre Anglin. He knows what people are talking about. So on March 14th, he comes up with Andre Anglin exposed, and he's got to reveal something here. But he's not going to say, "Hey, look, I'm." You know, I'm a good part nigger. You know, yes, I'm an ARA activist. I'm this, I'm that. Uh, you know, a lot of times I sort of think is that you actually have Jews writing a lot of this shit here. Like Trader Glenn Miller's little book here. Trader Glenn Miller and his little book and what he wrote over on VNN, two totally different things. In the case of Think, him as New Talmud Translations. Uh, I, I go ahead and think that oh, you know, Fink actually knows something about what he's talking about. Only has about oh, only has about four or five articles. It's all together what he says, and he is reading stuff by some other author who died in 1906 or 1910, 1910 or 1923 or something like that. He's just reading from Wikipedia, and so here he is when he first comes in with Brian Real. Adolf Hitler, no doubt, ain't no doubt why he's the Archangel Michael. And then people ridicule him. Uh, you know, I, I got to where I was ridiculing him. I was ridiculing him for saying that Revelation chapter 20, this is the first restoration. Restoration is a political term. Resurrection is a religious term. Restoration says about bringing back a dead, you know, dead government. Was, uh, Martin, wasn't he the, uh, what's his name, uh, Glenn Miller, wasn't he the guy who, who you kind of, like, scared, you know, with guns or something? Like, you kind of... I didn't scare him with guns. He, you know, well, I was, you know, he was talking... Maybe unintentionally, I mean. <laughs> no, I, you know, he was, in, he was in my office here. He, uh, first time he showed up, we were just, me and Rox were just getting done eating at Ma and Pa's restaurant, home restaurant, uh, in Monette. And uh, this was before they put it in the Walmart, and you could you could buy uh, oh the the meat here and about three side dishes and uh, get ice cream for three dollars, real cheap, three dollars, real cheap. And then the ice tea cost fifty cents. So essentially, the whole bill came to about oh eight dollars. Treadwell really shows up and he offers to pay. Pay for our food, and I'm saying, what the hell? This is not usual behavior. So I, you know, I mean, you know, you know, Roxy met him here, and she thought he was just a, she thought he was an asshole here. But in case he comes, you know, he comes, he writes himself to talk to me. Comes into my uh, office, which is at the foot of the hill in the double wide. You know, I own I own half that trailer house, and so I just bought a four hundred dollar computer. I bought a you know, an E-Machine 400. It had Windows ME in it, and I got, you know, I got a 15-inch monitor, so I would gotten a pretty good deal. I said, oh, Glenn, you know where I get this. He, he had me his videotape. He had me his book. He was yakking about what a great man he was when he used to own the White Patriots Party in North Carolina and all that. And I said, yeah, Glenn, uh, Glenn, you want to... You know, you're on computer. Well, I talk to Lewis Beam and Catch Wayne at least once or twice a week on this thing. And he turned all green. 
he turned sort of green, <laughs> and he said, you know, he got up, he said, I was in the Federal Witness Protection Program, but nobody went to prison as well my testimony. It's the same thing you could see if you go to an early VNN thread from March of 2004. And he just he just choked he just choked it out, and you know this is this is weird, this is weird. I mean, why is he? You know, I mean, people come come and then they say, "Well, I was in the Federal Witness Protection Program." Oh, you're peaceful. You just have a political agenda, and then he says, "I was in the Federal Witness Protection Program, but nobody went to jail." To t- you know, as you know, he turned sort of greenish colored and he ran out. And so I come out there, and now he's, you know, he's in his little geo metro. It's lime green or something, and he's no longer green here. He's, you know, he's like he's relaxed here. Well, I went, and, you know, I I went. So shoot, I went ahead and looked his book about how he ran out. He ran out uh, at the Greensboro incident in November 1979. He went and talked about uh, how he had how he had protected the killer of Alan Berg. And I'd, I'd, known, I'd known Lewis Beam for about four years then. Uh, and Lewis Beam introduced me to Catch the Lamb, and Catch the Lamb would say, okay, I've been talking, you know, I've been corresponding with David, you know, about you and all this. So pretty well, you know, we were having somewhat of a conversation. And Lewis Beam was already trying to get out of the, uh, get out of the movement here. And, you know, he he'd known I'd been quote a militiaman. You know, when I was a Christian identity uh, militiaman at that, and uh, you know, so you know, they knew Trader Glenn Miller. I said he went out of my office here. He said, "Well, what'd you say to him?" I said, "Yeah, I said I know you too." I said that he said, "Well, maybe he thought you were going to kill him," and I thought, "Yeah, I bet I bet to Trader Glenn Miller, you know, here you are with some white guy." And you're talking about what you did, and you know, to him it must have seemed that I was playing a little game, and I was going to pull out, you know, a 38 pistol or a knife, and I was going to kill his, you know, his snitching ass. You know what I mean? And then claim he attacked me in my own house. You know what I mean? And to him, mm-hmm. that's part. You know, I mean, Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller is, you know, he can't stand being around some white guy he doesn't know because he's scared. That they know him and they, they're just playing a game and just looking to kill him. I mean, the man's a, the man's a coward. The man's a yellow, yellow dog here. And you know, he had he had betrayed some people with Christian identity. And then I'm looking at his video and I'm saying, you know, here is a here's a cork-eyed mongrel, who's sort of reddish brown skin, cannot hold his liquor, and. You know, if you're really Christian Daddy, what are you doing hanging around someone who looks like that? I mean, if you're really Christian Daddy, what are you doing hanging around Andre the Nigger Angley? If you're really Christian Daddy, what are you doing hanging around some Ben Packy Shanks? I mean, I, I see his picture. I mean, you see a, you see a brown-skinned critter with a big asshole camel nose. In the case of, so that he calls himself Ben Longshanks. You know, I mean, there's no Mrs. Longshanks who gave him that name, a Savannah. You know what I mean? That's not a good name, right? Yep. I hear Tony Young or something like that. And so here you have all this pretense, and this same way with Andre the Nigger Angley. You see a critter who looks sort of like a a very high yellow nigger, but 
you know, a couple of years ago, he was an anti-racist activist here. You know, Brian Rail. Here he is bitching to the judge. Here he's bitching to the judge about pseudo bongo because he was black. Oh, this is not. This is. I mean, I've never, I've never gotten any shit from any real Nazi for suing the nigger. You know what I mean? I've never got any shit from. Okay, well, uh, you know, go ahead and sue the nigger. Who's here back here? Ha! You know what I mean? This is not this is not this is not the behavior you're supposed to have. And same with Eli James. You read his book and this is not what he's supposed to believe. Uh I'll tell people is that uh, heck, Eli James was gonna have a debate about what he said. And so he you know, Russ Walker said, Okay, you said you was gonna have a debate here, have a debate. So I said, okay, Eli, uh, you do believe no sled was local, right? Oh, yeah. But you're saying he has a covenant with everybody in the world to uh, not have another flood. Uh, why would he have to have a debate with all the other beasts in the field if they never got flooded out in the first place? And Eli James sees exactly where that thing's headed. He knows exactly where that's headed, you know, because I'm going to ask, well, you know, why does he need to have a you know why does he need to have a covenant with niggers if niggers never were drowned in the flood, in the local flood? Why does he need to have a flood, you know uh, a you know a covenant with red Indians if they never were flood, you know in there? You know, and by the way, how did they show up? Did Yahweh bring them in there by hot air balloon or seven forty seven or a steamer up the Huangzi River or what? No, Eli James knew, you know, he's smarter than think, and he knew exactly where that was headed, so he, he cut me off real quick. When I asked him, okay, if you believe it's a local flood, Eli, like you're supposed to if you're doing seed line, uh, why would he make a covenant with all the beasts of the field, two-legged, four-legged, if they never were drowned in the first place? Right? Isn't it Eli James who says, you know, that um, I'm not – well, he might as well say it for me because I don't really know what it is. But that that, that uh, if you have like you know if you're like a quarter nigger or something, you know you're white pretty much. Well, he said fifteen percent Canaanite can be saved, and this this what think you know this what think you know don't think over the edge. You know you know Eli James belongs to the fifteen percent you know fifteen percent or the eighty five percent club. Well, guess what? Here you are with old nigger lips, Brian real. He's far more than 15% non-white. He's probably only a third white. So, come on. Now, uh, Fink is part of the what? Oh, you know, 33% club? You know, here's, here's Fink. He's hanging around brown, you know, brown-skinned people. And he, he, here he is. Here's Brian Real. Why the yet be 100% pure white? Well, that lets you out, Brian. Real? I mean, hell, you ain't fifty percent white. You're about maybe a third white. You know what I mean? You know what? Between the nigger lips and the flat, I, I thought that Brian Real's Toyota was actually someone else. I thought it was some other gook. And they said, well, if it's some other gook, then what's he doing on Brian Real's blog? Oh, good lord! Well, it looked like a gook to me at the time. Well, you know, he, you know, Brian Real ain't even remotely white. This Savannah Pecky Shanks ain't white. This Andre the Nigger ain't white. So if you believe what you're, you know, if you believe, you know, it's so easy to make fun of someone like Russ Walker. Did Mary, Mary did take a 96-mile 
Yo, donkey ride. Well, yeah, she did. It was 96 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Judah. Then she did take a freaking 90. I'll see why you think this is a great miracle. If you don't believe that Yahweh let two to three million Israelites go wander out in the desert and he fed the manna, I don't see why you can't believe that Yahweh would have plugged up Mary here for 96 miles so she could give birth in Bethlehem, Judah, like I, like I said she would. You know, there's certain things you're supposed to believe, and if you don't believe them, why are you here? Why are you here? Uh, you know, Meerkat Mark down there, I'm convinced he's married to a Jewess, you know, who used to be a sexual mascot, and that's why he believes there's no devil horseshit. None of this, none of this shit is new. None of this shit is new that they, that they say or that they repeat. Okay? Mm. So, uh, any, you know, any case, you know, you're supposed to, you know, if you are really dual seed line Christian identity, you're supposed to believe something. And it got so bad, what with think claiming that, oh, no, there is no one saying why, you know, why Eve got seduced by a multitude by a congregation of demons here, like it was a seduction. This was a rape scene. Old, you know, here's a white woman walking through the equivalent of the Garden of Eden, sort of like what, like Birmingham or Detroit. She got raped, you know, by a whole bunch of uh, proto-demon niggers or whatever. I mean, Fink doesn't believe in dual seed line. You know, and you look, you listen to old episodes, and you find out, well, hey, I should have been paying attention to what Fink actually said. But but you didn't. Uh, you assumed that he was Christian Danny because he came in. And when he first came in, why, there, there's on his form, he's calling these people no-devil turkeys. Well, he's always been no-devil. He's always been a Jew who doesn't believe in, you know, in dual seed line. You know, same way with... Richard Nimoy, you have all these characters who come in and they want to pretend to be Christian Day, but they're not. They're Jews, they're Mongols, or what have you. And that's but Martin, but Martin uh, uh, what's his name? Bill Fink, he, he's got T-shirts, man. He's got the T-shirts. <laughs> well, he's got T-shirts. I mean, I'm, I'm, hoping that, I'm hoping that someone will take a picture of old Fink here, especially that white T-shirt, you know, and they said, what, you know, uh, what? Oslo Club or something like that. I, I, I like to wear. He has that little Chris and Jenny one here and says, "You know, I, you know, I'm a Jew pig from New Jersey who murdered uh, who murdered a Puerto Rican sneak thief and spent twelve and a half years in prison. All I got, all I, you know, all I got was twelve and a half years in prison and this fucking T-shirt. You know what I mean? Well, come on, Frank. I mean, look at Frank's kids. Uh, the one who has the most nigger noses is his son Edward and. He has, you know, he's moved to Yankton, South Dakota, and he has a girlfriend. She has a real little rock on her. But anybody who's in South Dakota, you know, I, you know, I don't, you know, the Cher, you know, the Cherokees and the Eastern Indians they don't look that. But you have a, you have a. Well, he, he has that daughter with the big tits, right? <laughs> oh yeah, Jody Fink has big tits. She has a little. She has, she has the Hittite Kazara ski slope nose. You know what I mean? A lot, of time, a lot of times it looks like a hose note. Uh, yeah, but you know what they say about Jewish girls? Uh, they got the big tits, you know? 
Well, yeah, they got big tits. Supposedly got plenty. They got a hell of a bush too. Yeah, sort of like Madonna. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, hell, she got she got enough hair. She got enough hair on her pussy to cover two beavers and an otter or two. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, oh, Jim Goat. Jim Goat was looking at this picture. Uh, I remember I just I got out of the army and Madonna had just come up with when she was young. She's about a couple of years older than me. And when she was young, she came, her first one was like a virgin. So they came out with the material girl without a stitch on. You know, this was in 1984, 1985, and this was in what, either Penthouse or Playboy. Big Penthouse. Oh, I don't and, want to yeah. refer to the uh, Daily Spermer, but that's where I, I saw an article a while ago. I mean, I'm sure you could have found it anywhere else online, but... Uh, that Madonna bitch was saying that uh, oh, I went through all, you know, I went through Europe and and it, it looks like you know it looks like Nazi Germany all over again, you know. Well, she could whine about, but they had a picture of her. She had damn old, she had damn old Bush covering a beaver that covered about two or three beavers and a whole family or two, you know, about maybe half a dozen otters as well here. But, and, you uh, know, she she made she she actually had an album called MD. I'm trying to think MDNA, like Madonna and Short. You know, it, it's supposed to it's supposed to uh, pretty much be the same thing as MDMA, which is like the ecstasy, you know, uh, yeah. thing or whatever. Which I had I actually had a friend who died from that filthy drug, but uh, you know, she's like what. Well, you said she's around your age, even though she looks like she's older she's than you. Years, she's a couple of years old. She's a couple. Oh, years she's trying older. to act like she's like a eighteen-year-old girl still. You know, she's this dried-up old whore. She's you well, know trying. You know, there's probably young girls. You know, young white girls who look up to this bitch. You know, not, not including all these uh, niggers like uh, Nicki Minaj and all these you know nigger. Yeah. Hip- uh, I, th- I think there's actually one. I forget. I'm trying to remember her name, but she's like a. I think she's from Australia. Bruce might know her name. Uh, she's like one of these. She's like a wiggerous, you know. And you know, and, and she. If you ever saw like a video of her rapping, which is disgusting, but she sounds just like a you know just like a nigger, and she has all these you know niggers crawling all over her. It's a real weird shit. I used to. I used to. I used to laugh here when you're mature. Some girls get you know, some boys kiss me, some of them they don't make you know, I see the Madonna video and I thought it was I thought it was hilarious here. But then again, I mean I used to when I was younger I used to like whores here. I used to occasionally in Germany patronize them. I mean, I I've never really looked down too much on whores. Uh as long as they don't give themselves Heirs like Debbie Downey or something like that, but uh, we're I, I was talking about talking about old uh, Edward Frank. He moved to uh, he found a girlfriend in Yankton, South Dakota. Well, anybody who's from South Dakota realizes is that this is not a Swedish girl. This is a this is a moon faced Yankton Sioux squaw, more than likely. It's a, it's a Sioux it's a Sioux it's a Sioux breed, you know, a quarter breed or whatever. And uh, them Sioux, I think them Cheyenne, uh, they have a bunch of white blood in them, but what they have is they have a big old moon face. And Eastern Indians, like Cheyenne, you know, I mean, the, the Cherokees or the Anglo Caesars are out here, when they have a bunch of Indian in them, they have sort of like a hatchet face here. 
you know, they don't have a moon face, but a uh, Sioux or Cheyenne squaw mix uh, will have a moon face. The old Edward, Edward Fink, he's the one which has, you know, he he's the one who has the nigger nose. And uh, heck, he's uh, he's you know, he's he's going to marry a Yankton Sioux squaw. I, I find I find it hilarious here. And uh, old Fink's, uh, you know, stepson Robert Fink. Uh, he looks like uh, he looks like he's part nigger, but he's uh, he's all faggot too here uh, in uh, what New Jersey. Well, Jenny Fink didn't move very far from Bayonne, so you know. Pretty much, you know. Pretty much, I believe. I believe that uh, Fink, I bet Fink was kicked out of Yeshiva when he was eight or nine, and then he was kicked out of high school because he he is a total. He's a total amoral. He's a total amoral psychotic. Here he used to he used to talk about or when he went away as if he took a two week camping trip. <laughs> And, you know, he, he lied, you know, he lied to me. He said, uh, he, uh, he said he exceeded to corruption here. Well, that was the, that was the guy who got 70 days in jail for exceeding to trying to cover it up. Fink was, Fink was actually the main ringleader. And he was looking at, you know, Dewey, Dewey thinks that he wasn't in jail for 12 years. I just agree with Dewey. I said, you, know, you know, come on. I don't think Eli James hit him. You know, in his fender wall, you know, by you know, in his uh, garage for twelve years. No, uh, thinks thinks just a stone, thinks just a stone cold lying Jew is what he is. And you have all you have all these characters. I think old Matt Twan's Osmond has been squeezed out by old Melissa, and uh, increasingly, increasingly, think is actually. You know, I mean, Fink is actually pretty well ghettoized. Uh, he doesn't understand anything really about Christian identity, and what he does understand, he doesn't like. He's trying to change it. He's not. Uh, you, you know, it's pretty bad when even Obergender Bender turns on Fink. You know what I mean? And say, well, he's not dual seed line anymore. So, <laughs> I think a I think a pistol possum sock puppet went ahead and put up a. Went ahead and put up a new critique about Fink, and he went ahead and put one on uh, the movement, you know, the movement turd uh, line as well here. So uh, pretty well, pretty well. It's not been quite a year. It was like it was uh, in May. Fink, Fink, Fink sees a little bit of weakness, and he will go and attack. He went ahead and attacked Visser because there was this idiot named Kennedy who did a DNA test and. Found out he was one and a half percent mongrel, and his his lighter colored wife, who looks whiter than he does, was three percent. And you, well, idiot. you well, Martin, to get on a sort of different subject, if that's okay. Sure. Um, you know Tom Bowie, right? Yeah, I like Tom. Yeah, on the uh, like before, you know, every Thursday before your show on Thursday, they have that uh, yeah. The motorcycle club show, you know. Yeah, the motorcycle club. Yeah, and um, well, you know, Tom's in Maryland, and he was kind of talking about, I guess, brainstorming that he wanted to uh, maybe move to uh, Arkansas, like uh, possibly Harrison, and uh, I, I guess the J, uh, you know, John, I think his name is SSJD. He yeah. was saying that um, that Harrison is not far away from you, maybe like a hundred miles. If, if that, it's, or, it's, it's, it's around that. Uh, it's 
uh, actually Harrison, actually Harrison is pretty well the uh, you know the biggest the biggest bunch of Christian identity people uh, is actually in the Ozarks, and Harrison is uh, pretty well ground central. I mean, you have Mike Callamore, he's around there. Tom Robs around there. Billy Roper's around there. Uh, it is has always been. You know, it, you, you have this area, and most of the Christian identity are actually Herbert Armstrong remnants you who know, believe the British Israelite message. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 about oh, it's about about hundred miles, maybe a little bit less. Uh, you go to you know, but, but but the roads the roads by which you get there are. Uh, they're, they're sort of atrocious. Even the even the no, I don't think there's any four lane roads here, and you don't want to take it out of truck. But it's about it's more like yeah, it's about it's about hundred miles, yeah, for me. Have you ever been up to uh you know Harrison like that those parts? Oh yeah, I know. What happens is that by road miles, it is the it is the Quickest way to get there, but you go through. Uh, now here's another place. Here's another place. Eureka Springs. That's where Gerald L. K. Smith. Uh, Gerald L. K. Smith was pretty well big news in Eureka Springs. But you have, oh, it's not so bad if you're driving a car, but if you're driving a big truck, uh, I, I would several times go, and then I'd swear I'd never. I'd, I'm never going to go there. Because you have a whole bunch of 15, and you have quite a few miles of 15 and 20 mile an hour curved roads here for a big truck. But yeah, it's a, you know, I mean, southern Missouri, southern Missouri, and uh, northern Arkansas, you know, outside the Delta, the Ozarks is the biggest supply of Christian and Danny believers. And the second biggest is, you know, where Dewey Tucker. And Buddy Johnson, a few of them here, live uh, eastern Tennessee and western North Carolina is the second biggest. And actually, Idaho is the uh, is a distant is a distant third quite a bit. The Ozarks are the biggest, you know, biggest. Collect- I mean, the hillbillies really believe Christian identity quite a bit. So yeah, uh, southern Missouri. I'm on the edge of the Ozarks. But uh, yeah, you you, know, you have uh, you probably have in Newton County probably far more actual believers in Christian identity than you have in the whole state of New Jersey or New York or whatever. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's you know pretty cheap up there for land and stuff, right? Well, that's what that's what I was saying tonight. Uh, you know, look, I mean, this, there was this here, I think he's a Jew. You know, he was whining here because I was quoted to say, well, the good thing about Granby is that, you know, it's such a poor town here that you don't have that many niggers and beaners. And the newspaper editor changed it to blacks and Hispanics. Well, fine, I don't mind. He quoted me pretty accurately. Uh, so it is, you know, it is... Uh, 
it's becoming a better place. It's becoming the Grammys become a better place to live. But if if I had to buy land here, I'd probably you know, the reason I, I was able to buy all these properties really cheaply is that the old you know I I moved into I bought a house for three thousand dollars with about a half acre of land on it, and I bought from this friend I'd made because he wanted to go on welfare at the time. He couldn't get on welfare and have a house, so he sold me a house for $3,000, which was a pretty good deal. Now, you've seen my hovel, uh, probably in the YouTube videos or something like that, and, uh, you know, my brother said, oh, you are bulldoze it down. I mean, why? Why should I bulldoze it down? Got a bunch of rocks on it. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I was comfortable for there. Roxy was comfortable there. But uh, hey, uh, I was able to. You're able to buy because these old people died, and their children and grandchildren don't want to live in Granby. So they sold. They sold these places cheap to me. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, hey, this is Southwest Missouri. It, you know, it's not as warm as Mississippi or Alabama, but it's not as hot either. I mean, this is. This is a fairly temperate climate. It's, it doesn't get nearly as cold as, say, Kansas City or South Dakota or something like that. Besides, I like cold weather a lot better than I like hot weather. So if you have, what, $50 air conditioning unit, you know, air, you know, $50 air conditioner or whatever, well, you can live comfortably all year round around here. So, yeah, you can live cheaply. Uh, you, know, you can drive a truck. You can do whatever. So yeah, I, I live fairly well here, and uh, it's uh, just kind of funny, you know. Well, uh, I guess you could say funny how it works out. Like I guess you know, kids who are born out there, you know, they want to go out and see the world, or so called, and and then people actually, you know, like me who've seen the world, uh, we'd rather be in, you know, me specifically or personally, I'd rather be in a you know, small town and. I've seen the East Coast and the West Coast, but you know, I'd probably want to settle down in a place where it's uh, you know, the Midwest or the South or just you know, pretty much anything besides the East and the West Coast because I've been there, done that, you know. Well, I've seen California. I was not impressed with California, other than negatively. Uh, New Jersey or something like that. I mean, how can people live that you know there? I've seen Pennsylvania. It's, it's nice here, but the taxes are so high, and they're, you know, they're, you know, they're living. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's cheap to live. It's cheap to live here in places like, you know, say Granby. Uh, I've told people that no, 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 uh, don't buy, don't live in Granby. You want to live in say Eastern Newton County, which is the furthest away from the police and the. Uh, you know, police and the sheriff's department in, say, Neosho, you know, away from Joplin. Uh, things are busier in western, you know, in western Newton County than they are in, say, eastern Newton County. So, yeah, you, uh, you know, you want to have a, you want to have a quiet life here. Nowadays, nowadays, why you have, say, satellite, you know, TV, if you want to watch, you know, porn or Walking Dead or whatever. Why you can you can you can get the same sort of programming. You know, uh, through a satellite. Well, I mean, personally, I, I could do else. without cable. I mean, internet would be, you know, <laughs> of course, internet would be, uh, uh, you know, that would be good. But uh, I don't know, cable and all that shit. It's uh, I've had that growing yeah. up my whole life, and 
the more cable, I see, the more I hate of it. <laughs> the cable, I usually watch. Yeah, you know, I usually watch the uh, either the new shows or I watch the PBS quite a bit. You know, or uh, you know the AMC. Uh, a lot of times, I you know, like right now, I'm doing. I, I have it to. Uh, oh, sometimes I have it. You know, it depends. If I want to really see something over the top, I turn to MSNBC. Uh, if I want to see something make my blood boil, I'll turn to Fox News, you know, which I hate more than even MSNBC. MSNBC is so fucking over the top with the with the Lesbo, Rachel Maddow, and then that Ginger <laughs> Al Sharpton. I mean, it's so fucking far over the top. I actually like watching it sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, I know. Then, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, and this, it's kind of I like comedy MSNBC, for us. Yeah. I call, well, MSNBC, I call the Omongo channel, and Fox, I call the W channel, and CNN, you know, I, I'll, I'll turn I'll turn to a news, and then, you know, I'll... But, I'll like, you know, Fox I'll, News is technically, you know, our biggest enemy as, you know, the white race, because there's so many dumbass white people who watch that shit, and they're like, oh, we got to support Israel and bomb Iran, bomb Iran and all that yeah. FAO, you know, Fox News. I mean, I get more annoyed at Fox News than I do the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the Jew lesbo, you know, the Jew lesbo Rachel Maddow, and you know that nigger Al. I mean, they're so, they're so, it's so fucking stupid. They actually like MSNBC better than like Fox. so <laughs> I mean it's so it's so it's so fucking you know, the the Jew Lesbo skank and the uh the you know, the nigger owl, they're so far freaking over the top here that I prefer to watch them than uh you know, than uh so so I'll go ahead and turn to a news channel. Roxy you know, she'll watch her stupid cooking shows and then she'll oh, I don't know. Last summer she was you know, there was this here Negress who was saying, Title Max, got your money, got your money, got your real money. She was squealing, you know. And uh, then they had this stuff with a bunch of niggers and gooks on it. It's my car. Was, oh, my God, that's awful shit. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she'll watch that here. But thank God she no longer watches Judge Judy. Oh, <laughs> Lord, I hated that. You know, so... I mean, oh, she's I, a repulsive kike, isn't she? Oh, she's about nasty. About nasty. About nasty a kike that I've ever seen. I mean, but you, you have you have all this stuff. So, you know, right now I'm watching old Chris Matthews. I, I call it, He calls it hardball. I call it Jewball. And oh, so, oh, Chris Matthews. You know what I call him? Uh, Edgar Hibernator? I don't know. What? No, no uh, he, he's the one with, like, the dyed blonde hair, right? I don't know if it's dyed or not. I mean... Yeah, I, like, I call, I call him the Irish nicotine get, stain. When these Irish get real old, they look like a bag of potatoes that's been out for <laughs> too damn long. You know what I mean? Sort of like Ted Candy. They just look like they just look like a bag of potatoes or a potato that's got a bunch of mold on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like and, that Ed uh, Schultz guy too, right? Yeah, you know, here's another, you know, I mean, lim, lim, you know, limousine, you know, another limousine liberal, you know, liberal here. You know what I mean? They, they talk all this shit here, and you know damn well they don't live. They don't live in Camden, New Jersey, or anywhere there's, you know, any real 
you know, typical niggers living. You know what I mean? You know they don't live there, right? Yeah, they're total hypocrites. You know, they live in gated communities, but they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. diversity, you know, so diversity. great, yeah, so lovely. So <laughs> it's so great to have poor white people live next to niggers here and get beat up and get robbed and raped and whatever by them. You know, no, uh, you don't, you know, you don't, uh, you, you don't, you don't need that here. So, so as a result, as a result, if you want to, if you want to live, oh, if you want to live and say, you know, out, you know, out in the country, why well, you can do so. And if you want to get in some of you know, some Zog shit, you can put a satellite dish up on your, uh, you know, up on your, uh, on your roof and have it facing what southeast, southwest, something like that, to where there is a where there is a uh, you know satellite and geosynchronous orbit. You can you can do that increasingly. You know, plus you know, plus live, you know. Uh, live a ways here. You know, I live in town and I've got used to where I usually don't pay much attention about what goes on beyond the property lines. You know what I mean? You, you pretty well just learn to mind your own damn business. So, yeah, you can you can live a quiet life if you want to do that here. But, you know, the problem of it is is that it is corrupt. It is corrupt. It is crooked. It is bad all over. Uh, so yeah, you, you you know they were bitching about how Granby Granby has been looking like a total spill, a foolish place because you have old senile inbred who is you know running wild, but he only has what about another two weeks, and then he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone as mayor, and so you got a younger guy who's hard charger, and he wants to. Fix the sewer plant. Well, it needs fixing. It needs fixing. But you got to realize is that they put the thing up in 1988, and then they didn't put anything into maintaining it. And nothing, you know, nothing, you know, no public works, no infrastructure can go for what? Oh, 30 years without hardly anything being put back into it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's you know so it's got to be you know it's got to be maintained and that, oh you know they're just talking like hey you elect me why you're gonna shit you're gonna fart through soap folks and the answer is no you've got to you're you're not gonna go ahead and fix twenty some years of idiots and crooks you know just running wild all at once here you you need to understand is that. You, know, you you need to stop digging. You need to stop digging uh, the holes you're in. So, you know, I, I pretty well, I think I made a number of good points here. Uh, I said, well, the best thing you can do is elect me because, hey, I, I'm not on any one particular side here. I mean, there's a number of factions in this town, and pretty well, I despise all of them. So if you elect me as mayor, why... You know, I mean, I probably won't be on your side, but I probably won't be on this other enemy faction side either. So, <laughs> you know, that might mean something. But uh, chances are I'm probably going to be dead last year. There's only three of us there. 
And the main thing is that this uh, Anglo Mestizo Craig Hopper doesn't get elected here. He was Jeff Mahoy, Great Mary was in nineteen ninety. So yeah, I remember what Great Mary you were. Uh, you had me arrested by your Mexican chief of police, and in July of nineteen ninety-five, he, uh, you know, you, know, you he had me, you know, he arrested me, you know, because of, you know, essentially on your order because. Uh, I, he claimed I was disturbing peace, and he went ahead and he beat me up while I was handcuffed here on your orders. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're you, you're a great mayor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> there's this there's this tard who he wants to be mayor because you know, he has, you know he's a criminal and his his two kids were a bunch of criminals. Why? Well, hey, they uh, they managed to get the uh, Daisy. Air gun, you know, you know Daisy. Uh, is supposed to make BB guns, but they actually made Daisy air, you know, air guns. Brass Eagle, Brass Eagle. Got him there, and guess what? Uh, his two worthless sons stole about four thousand dollars worth of paintball guns. And because he was the mayor, he, uh, you know, he got to where. You know, they didn't go to prison like they should have. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> I mean, he's just a crook. I mean, he's just, he's just a criminal. And his two kids, you know, two of his kids are. His other one, his other one shot, oh, you know, there was a, there was a fight over some pussy here. And his, his oldest son went and shot, his oldest one went ahead and shot his uh, sexual rival you know, in the middle of the back when he was running away and when he was running away. And his old son spent seven years in the penitentiary for manslaughter. Got got reduced from second degree murder to manslaughter. So yeah, oh that's pretty well what I said here one of these campaigns. I said, you know, the only thing you would need to know as a voter is don't elect Craig Hopper, whatever the hell you do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Oh heck, you, you know, you know. I said, see how Inbred's the worst, you know, was the worst mayor ever. My think Craig Hopper was worse here because he is not as dumb as Senile Inbred, but he's a lot more crookeder. Senile Inbred is just a retard. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, what what they did is that they fired the uh, they fired this city clerk who didn't know how to run QuickBooks. And it wasn't just one year. It wasn't just three years. It was six years running where they had to spend about five or $6,000 extra auditing because she didn't know how to keep, she didn't know how to keep the books. And so she lasted probably seven years longer than what she should have. And they fired her two weeks ago. And I got, I got about a two minute video. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so two of the city council critters uh, voted the one city council critter wanted to keep her, and they fired her two weeks ago. So <laughs> I thought I thought was I sort of thought was hilarious here. So, so is that uh? You know, Brian Rio guy still trying to sue you or whatever? Or oh what? yeah, oh yeah. I'll, I'll send that. I'll send old nigger lips. Oh, about a week and a half ago, he said to me, why haven't you answered my interrogatories? Why haven't you answered my, you know, admissions? 
and essentially they're, they're ridiculous. His interrogatories wants to find out what all secret web pages I got because he wants to make a bunch of DMCA or you know POS you know complaints to him. I say, hey, look, Brian, uh, you went ahead and asked about the initial you know the initial disclosures. I told you that what I do is that I'm surprised at how much. See, what he would do is he would bitch. You know, he would bitch. Uh, and you know he took down oh good lord he took down a whole bunch of web pages and he he was you know he had old cousin Ray the lawyer Mariani uh, helping him after March 2011 but he had you know he he's an anti-racist activist you know sort of like sort of like old Andre the nigger was and he got in I found that out uh, thanks to Queenie Cameron to where in June of 2009. When Eli James and uh, Greg Howard, no think, were having their little meeting in, Bur- you know, Bingham, New York, old Daryl Lamont Jenkins said, you know, going about how he had an anti one of his one of his bunch an anti-racist activist in that in that group, and that anti-racist activist was Brian Real. So anyway, he he goes ahead and he's bitching about how I've answered his interrogatories. I says, well, first there's initial there's initial uh, there's initial disclosures, and you haven't you haven't told me about all the DMCA complaints. I'm missing the one that you sent to Hostmaster. And oh, by the way, I want to have I want to have old Victor Switzer's real name. And you know I I, you know, I know what I know what Matt Ottsog Bot lives at, and uh, so I know where a bunch of other ones. But I want I want all this stuff. And I want all these TO terms of service complaints you made too. You know these are initial these are initial disclosures. You are comp- you are claiming that I've wronged you for ten point seven five million dollars. So hey, why don't you show how I have wronged you ten point seven five million or even one dollars worth? Give me the initial disclosures. And so he doesn't know what to say because he has filed a number of things under penalty of perjury. And uh, you know, pretty well. I, I'd already sent. I had already sent. Soon after the February 13th, I sent in a. You know, I sent in to the judge. Says, "Look, judge, there is no DMCA. There's no DMCA violations here because, you know, he's claiming he's claiming that I took a picture. You know, I used this Facebook profile picture. Well, guess what? That's not copyrightable." But you know, on the second on the second thing is that this thing was noticed by him on November fifteenth, counter noticed by me on November eighteenth, and he admitted on November twenty eighth, two thousand ten, he was going to only sue me at my le as his leisure. So it's been three and a half years since he's filed, you know, since he's filed again. But he, he you know he had three and a half years to file an actual lawsuit, and he refused to do it. In fact, he said ten days after. He was counterdosed that he wasn't going to you know, he wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to file a counterdose. So therefore he has made much bogus DMCA complaints that he never had any intention on acting upon. So he can't go ahead and come three and a half years later and claim that I violated his copyright on his picture. As far as the as far as the slander goes, you know, I've said that he's a mongrel and that I think he's a homo. And he's claimed that I'm a convicted child molester and that I groom children to molest them. 
So, hey, you know, he doesn't have a slander issue either. He has nothing to speak of. There is no DMCA. There is no DMCA jurisdiction, at least not on his part. There might, There is a lot on my part. So what he's doing is that he doesn't want to give the initial disclosures. He wants to bitch to the judge about me, but he got his ass handed to him, and he sent out a one-page, oh, I can't understand what he's saying, and I'll brief it if you want me to, but essentially, you know, he's gone ahead and looked and found out this, you know, Matthew J. Whitworth. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's real friendly with the, the U.S. Attorney of the Western District of Missouri because that's what he was. He was a head. He was a head, Western District of Missouri, prosecuting attorney, you know, U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Missouri. And so I guess he did such a good job, they made him a U.S. Magistrate Judge. After about four or five years, he will move up the line to become a district judge, a full-fledged judge. So I, I'm looking at him, and initially you want a U.S. Magistrate Judge because when he makes a complaint, you have 20 days to answer instead of just 10. So now look, okay, I bet he's going to really love He's really going to be loved, some character who has made all these bogus DMCA complaints. Here's Brian Rio. He's going ahead looking at, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? He would have been better off because I have butted heads with about every single United States District Judge in the Western District of Missouri. Uh, I butted heads with the Jew Howard Sachs. Uh, Dean Whipple, who's the smartest one a lot, Greg Kays, Ordy B. Smith, you know, uh, probably the only one that would be better than, you know, than that is the actual nigger, uh, Ferdinand Gaetan. Uh, that nigger actually kicked old Howard B. Sachs off my case, the Jew, and gave it to, uh, Gregory Kay, who was the replacement for Dean Whipple. So, uh, you know, here, here's old nigger lips. He, uh, you know, he wants to go ahead and make a complaint to the judge, but, you know, the last, you know, the last thing didn't work out too well for him. You know what I mean? It didn't work out too well because guess what? Uh, there is no digital millennium copyright act. So Brian Rear doesn't know what to say. You know, he's, uh, his cases always fall apart. Just around, you know, he, he's able to get the Rule 26 conference. But when it comes time as a plaintiff to go carry forward, since he's committing acts of fraud, he don't know what to do after that. He just doesn't know what to do. Uh, I went ahead and looked the other day. Uh, see, I sent, it, I sent it via email via Dick Reltney, uh via Tor Browser because I don't want them taken down pastorwinston at gmail.com. And so I looked at it uh, a couple of days ago, and he's whining and pissing and moaning, but he's not, he's not saying it to my pastorwinston at, you know, at gmail.com, at least not yet. Uh, he'll probably be listening to this, but he doesn't, he doesn't know what to do, because you know, all those lawsuits are fraudulent. Uh, you know, I, I went and looked on Fink's page, uh, let's see, earlier this month, old uh, Nico Christian Faggot, the, uh, the Finnish faggot from uh, Turco, Finland, who's living in London, 
uh, he was telling people, everybody, that Brian Rio was back to smoking dope. He's back to smoking. He's, he's using OxyContin or Percocet or whatever. He's, uh, you know, he's he's admitted to essentially being a mongrel. You know, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't know how to proceed. He, he you know, because if he proceeds, he's going to have to commit some lies. You know what I mean? In discovery, so he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have a clue of what to do, and so every single one of his cases has fallen apart right at this section to where, okay, it's time for discovery. Now he has to give out. He has to give the discovery. He can't just ask for it. He has to give some out, and he has to give it out first because he's the supposed plaintiff. Okay, you still there? Yeah, I'm listening. So he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, the previous ones, what he would do, like for the NRA or the AC Nielsen company, he would borrow, he would borrow somebody else's cell phone. He would say, go call this number. I'm thinking of joining. They'd call the number and they'd claim that they were robocalling. So I want $1,500 to fall because you are violating my rights under the you know, Federal Trade Commission rules or something. And then I guess they figure out that, you know, he's committing an act of fraud, and they probably sit down and say, hey, look, hey, look, you know, you lying little thief here. Uh, You know, we could put you in jail, but if we put you in jail, we'll have to tell everybody what's going on, and we don't want to be buried in other lying mongrels, uh, you know, keeping our legal department busy, so uh, you're going you're going to sign this agreement, and that's exactly what he does here. Uh, right now, he's he's caught. Uh, you know, he you know he's caught, and I suspect what he's going to do is he's going to wait till April 22nd, and hope I'm not going to add thank. So I'm I'm waiting for this judge to, you know, my my next step is that I'm I'm halfway fighting with Russ Walker here. I'm waiting for Russ Walker. I'm uh I'm gonna send him an affidavit to sign that Brian Rio is blaming me for what he knows damn well Russ Walker did, which wasn't illegal. Uh Brian Rio was stalking John Britton. Uh, he wants a man pussy off of John Britton. And so he stalked John Britton and interfered with his uh with his own uh, helicopter crashed lawsuit. And then John Britton's lawyer got annoyed, so he sent Brian Reel's Lexus file to me and to uh, Russ Walker. Russ Walker sent it to 30 or 40 other people. And now said, well, don't get, don't get John Britton in trouble. Uh, why don't you just say you went to the Duke Law, you know, you went to a law library and you got there. And essentially, Brian Rio knows dang well that it was Russ Walker, you know, who sent out, which was not illegal, but he's claiming that I did it. So he's committing another act of fraud in his complaint. Uh, what happens is April. I was tired of Brian Rio pulling that shit, and he was he was already telling what he, what he was going to write on his lawsuit. I said, "Let this idiot go ahead and do it." So I, you know, had about 15 hours left of the three days. So I went and put up a Facebook picture, and sure enough, that idiot uh, went and uh, filed, you know, filed a lawsuit here, a digital aid copyright lawsuit, three and a half years after he uh, first started. So, uh, 
Oh, well, I suckered Brian Rio into filing that bogus lawsuit. Okay? Mm. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, it looks like, F, you know, guess 20. Roxy's letter, man, run, talk <laughs> <laughs> A lot. That's why I like my Dead Buster Tard. They got they got plenty of well Tardpa. You were a chess paw, sort of like Finkel Sheedy and Brian Real got. Well, Dead Buster's got Tardpa. How's that? <laughs> well, I, I remember. I, I guess it was uh, a few years old when he called in to one of your shows, and um, I, who was the other guy? It was it was you and another guy. It was kind of shutting him down. It was pretty funny. Uh, Brian yeah, Rio. It was it was, it was uh, John Britton. It was John Britton. And episode number forty six. He was on for an hour, and that's where he admitted he wasn't going to file a lawsuit. He was calling me a child molester. He got John Britton. What he does, he got John Britton all hot and bothered by claiming he was going to rape John Britton's wife and daughters. I says. He says, your wife and daughters have no fear for Brian Real. Uh, you know, you know, it's, you know, he wants your man pussy. You better guard your cornhole here. So, <laughs> in case, you know, John Britton, he, you know, he had bad tempers, so he was threatening to shoot. He was threatening to shoot old nigger lips. So then old nigger lips went in there, and he he got his he got his copy, and he uh, oh, he sent it to. Uh, Oh, he sent it to, uh, well, he sent it to about everybody. He uh, he made a complaint to the Lake County, Ohio Sheriff's Department that uh, me and John Britton and Russ Walker were stalking him, and, uh, you know, he was more scared about, uh, you know, John Britton. But he he was saying that Russ Walker had set some vinyl, vinyl siding salesmen on him. Well, speaking of which, some tard called up from the, uh, what the hell was it? It was, a, it was a scammer. Said that Roxy had won $500,000. I said, this is a scam. You know, I said, hey, go ahead and bring it over there. Bring it up Monday. And what moved down to it is that I, I had some other stuff to do. Come back, and essentially they, you know, said, well, first got to pay taxes of $65,000 on the $500,000 we're going to give you. And we, we want you to pay the initial Ten percent. So essentially, Mod Rocks would send them sixty-five hundred dollars from somewhere. Uh, well, well, the Consumer Clearinghouse. This was a this was a play on Publishers Clearinghouse. So, uh, you know, I figured out it was a scam from day one. But then you have this w- woman. She's an obvious gook or Filipinas or something like that, and she doesn't know hardly any English. And that sounds like there's a little Jew boy. So anyway, uh, you know, I come back to the room and says, this is a scam. They want 65, you want $7,500, don't send them nothing here. You know, tell them that, you know, show up Monday with a check and, you know, you can take the $6,500 out of the uh, 500000 So only give Roxy 92000 you know, 492000 And then it's, okay, here's your interfering with the confidential. We're not going to give you any money. We're not going to give it to you. Click. Well, then she calls up the the, you know, the sheriff's department. They said, "Oh yeah, you have a bunch of these scammers. Uh, we can't trace them because they buy these Walmart calling cards or something like that. We can't trace them." So it was, it was a scam. It was a it was all a scam. And I said, "Why do you even talk to these people? 
Why do you even talk to these people? They said, well, you've won half a million dollars. So, okay, well, you know, uh, bring it out. Bring it out. Well, we need some money for the taxes. Well, good. Take it out, out the $500,000 you're going to give me. Right? Yeah. Why do you need Why do you need any money in advance here? Uh, just just take the taxes out of the five hundred thousand dollars. You know, it was, it was, mm-hmm. you know. So I said, you, know, you do know. Scam, oh yeah, I know scam from day one. So then, why the hell did you waste? Why the hell did you waste your time dealing with these idiots? I just simply said, okay, well, send me. You know, bring up the five hundred thousand dollars. So, uh, you, you, Brian, or you did the same thing. And I think you're maybe listening, John Britton, and you're listening to Russ Walker. Well, what happens is John Britton's lawyer says, "Why are you on this guy's show? Why are you? Why are you on the movement turn? Because you know, you sound like you want to go ahead and shoot old Brian Real. And John Britton did want to shoot Brian Real, but." Uh, you know, you know, Brian Rio had already had already primed the pump by saying he was going to rape John Britton's, you know, wife and daughters, even though I told him it was his own cornhole he had to worry about. Now, you know, Brian Rio was a big faggot here, so I wasn't really worried about that. And uh, <laughs> in any case, uh, you know, that was the thing. That was the, that was the thing. Uh, one of the Nimbuster tards, Joe Blow or John Doe, Whatever took uh, pretty well my famous my oh my best Jerry Springer ones the one with Jim Giles the one with uh, the one with Eli James the one with old niggerlets Brian Real and uh, hey uh, I've had cards on the show I've had Russ Walker I've had Bruce Gorman uh, I don't mind talking to cards I don't mind them calling in you know present company accepted of course. No, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind having pretty well a you know, pretty well having an actual free speech, you know, show and you know and answering. I mean, I've I've been I've been in this bowel movement for over twenty years, and I have met a number of people, uh, and you know, they're in half. I'd say more like three quarters. Uh, it's either total idiots who don't know what the hell they're talking, or it's you know sort of like the Hal Turners and the Alex Lenders and the you know the Fink, you know the Rabbi Fink. I mean, you don't want to say anything about Chris Sandanti, but he you know he was uh, given a deal probably around year eight or nine. I'm going to be a Greek, you know, you're going to be a Greek scholar. Even though all the people who speak Greek laugh and think, they, you know, he don't know anything about you know speaking Greek. He don't know anything about Greek grammar or Greek speech. Uh, there was this guy named Joseph Zito. You know, he was probably genetically a Greek Mongol, but he studied Greek and he says, "Shoot, this is not even first semester Greek." The think is speaking, and think bitched about it, and man, he took it down. Uh, sort of like Andre the Nigger. They get caught, and they have to answer it, so they answer it dishonestly. They answer it dishonestly. Same way think. So, you know, think, you know, think is out to pretend to be Christian Day, but he doesn't believe in dual seed mind. He, he just believes no devil. He's just, he's just simply a Jew. His kids look like Jews because they're Jews. 
you'll think is a Jew. You know, somebody who was about, oh, three, four, five months ago, uh, probably paid money to Ancestry.com, found out the thinks, you know, think, you know, thinks father, you know, thinks related on his father's side to Matt Lauer, a Jew. He's laid on his mother's side, Leberto, they think, to Mark Patak. I mean, and this Melissa looks sort of Jewy too. I mean, it's just Jews and Mongols in Christian Daddy. Think doesn't, you know, think doesn't understand anything, you know. I mean, here he is claiming he translated the New Talmud translation, but he doesn't know who Simon Magus was. Well, Simon Magus was mentioned in Acts. What do you mean you don't know who Simon Magus was? Answer, you didn't make up this translation. It was given to you. Very simple. You have all these people who come in, and they don't understand what they're talking about. You know, you, you laugh by somebody like Russ Walker. Did Mary have a 93-mile donkey ride from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Judah? Well, if you believe in the Bible, yes, she did. Right? Why, why can't you believe? Why, how can you believe that Moses led three million mixed multitude of Israelites out of Egypt? You know, and fed them. You know, fed them in the Sinai wilderness for forty years, more or less. But you don't believe that some woman was able to hold, you know, hold from dropping her kid ninety-six miles on a donkey, right? What's, the, what's harder or easier to believe? That a woman can sort of, sort of clamp down and hold it for a while? Or that, you know, Yahweh fed two to three million Israelites, you know, in, uh, you know, you know, in the desert? Which is easier to believe? Well, if you, you know, either believe what you claim you believe or you don't. If you're not going to believe what the Bible says, why are you, why are you bothering? You know what I mean? What bother? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Either you either you know, the easiest thing to do is if you can't explain what would otherwise seem to be a miracle, if you can't explain it, then then don't. Just simply say as a, hey, I believe this and leave it at that. If you want to pick and choose what you believe, then you're not really a Christian. You're somebody who wants to, I guess, pretend to believe this and not pretend to believe that. Right? You either believe or you don't. You either, you know, you either, you know, that, that's, what, that's what gets me is that when people say, well, I don't take the Bible literally. Well, if you don't take it literally, uh, you're the one. You're the one. Who's deciding what you are going to believe? You are the one who's deciding what you actually believe, in which case you're not really a Christian. You are someone who wants to play at being a Christian or play at being this. Why are you here? Why are you here? If you don't believe it, then if you don't believe in miracles, if you don't believe, you know, if you don't believe in the story of Adam and Eve and Satan and Cain and Abel and Moses and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Israel, or the or a local flood, why are you here? If you don't believe what you're supposed to believe, why are you here? 
right? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question to ask a nigger nose so. <laughs> and, oh, well, and the nigger lips. Well, nigger lips, I mean, I, I couldn't really call him nigger lips because he'd been whining that he called me after I told him, you know, after I told him, uh, you know, don't bother, you know, on the, you know, I mean, within 15 minutes, uh, you know, I, I'll put something up. I'll put something up. It'll be in a, it'll be on a secret. It'll be in a secret uh, place here till I'm ready to bring it back up. I'm sort of surprised because about three quarters of the time when Brian reels flying like a pussy, uh, I'd go ahead and put up the response of uh, Joshua Singer or whatever, and then my response. But I wouldn't have it up because he'd be bitching here. I, I'd wait. And so I'm looking. I'm looking at old emails, and you know, shit about you know, bear, you know, about sixty percent of the time, I actually put the response here, and you know, pretty well all the responses are already up there. So there's no really initial disclosures really available by me. Uh, he has to go ahead and come up with the initial disclosures. There's some things that he has, you know, he's committed acts of fraud. And I don't have the original, I don't have what he actually said. Like, you know, he complained to Hostmaster the same time he complained to oneandone.com. I don't have the DMCA complaint he made to Hostmaster. I want it. You got, you got me kicked off using this DMCA complaint. I want to see it. This is part of the, you know, this is part of the initial disclosures. Hand it over to me. Well, you don't want to hand it over to me because he committed perjury on the one to host monster, just like he committed perjury on the one to one and one dot com. So here he is. It was entire lawsuit is perjury. He could go to jail over this shit, criminal fraud. So what's he gonna do? Is he gonna go whine to the judge? Okay, he won't answer my interrogatories, but I'm not answering the initial disclosures. He don't know what you know, he he's caught if he if he goes ahead and whines you know, there there is no jurisdiction. He's going to admit that he committed acts of fraud. And here here it is here it is, the US magistrate judge used to be a US attorney, you know, US attorney. He doesn't want to go to jail. He doesn't know what to say. What can he say? So here he is sitting, you know, here he is sitting and he's you know, this happened with other other defendants too. He essentially all that he does, he's just an anti racist mongrel who Oh, he he works okay until he gets discovered. Same way with Fink. I mean, Fink, Fink can't open up his chat lines. Fink can't open up because, you know, Fink's a fraud. Fink's just a Jew. But uh, well, why did those two, like, uh, like, a few years ago, the first time I ever, you know, came across, you know, Chris Degenio was just kind of, you know, snoozing around, I guess you could say, and, and I used to hear a lot from him, you know, Brian Rio, a.k.a. Sword Brethren. Uh, but then he oh, kind he of... But, but why he did they split up? Uh, I guess is the doing... question I have. Like, why did they split up from each other? Oh, he you know, he went ahead and he filed. He went ahead and filed that lawsuit. Uh, he got all he got all mad. Uh, see, what, what he was doing is that the first six months when I moved to crisis health, he was bitching. He was even bitching before I got my forum up here. I put up a, I put up a, a PDF, a PDF. You know, I put a PDF here 
uh, I've been kicked out. I've been kicked out because of Brian Rio, Eli James. So he he goes ahead and he looks, and he sees that he sees that screenshot to where he thinks the forum is up. That's just waiting. So he's already making complaint before there's a forum. So here's this here's this guy crisis host. I said, hey, this little this little this little bastard's gonna be bothering you. And essentially, the guy's looking at it and he says, this guy doesn't even have his forum up, and the guy's already bitching about it. You know what I mean? But he thinks the forum's up because he sees this picture. I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of times what you do is you send out false information and let the guy go ahead and bitch and piss and moan and complain. So anyway, for the first couple months, he would bitch about this. He'd bitch, oh, he's violating my copyright. He's violating, he's violating my copyright, which which was a lie. But what I would do is that I would have the agreement that anytime he bitches about anything, I'll take it down. I didn't take it. I didn't destroy it. I just went ahead and put it to a eyes only administrative uh, administrative uh, area to where only I could see it. You know, only I as administrator could see it. It, it never did, you know actually was taken down. It was just simply put in eyes only. So he may only make DMCA complaint after bogus DMCA complaint, and I would quote take it down, although I'd just hide it. So he'd go on, and that was the agreement I made with Joshua Singer. Uh, he, you know, it sounds like a Jew name; it probably is, but you know, here is a crisis host. So anyway. There's no more bright, you know, he was bitching that I showed a picture of him, the Puerto Rican National Guard. So I, so I take a picture of a you know, female monkey urinating in its own mouth and say, yeah, that's Brian Rio. That's Brian Rio. <laughs> so, hey, I made, you know, so this bad picture. I'm the orangutan, female orangutan urinating in a fountain in its own mouth. Yeah, that's me. No, he couldn't do that. So... What you know? So what he would do is he ran out of things he could even plausibly bitch about. So then he was threatening to sue. I'm gonna sue you for libel and defamation. Well, guess what? The Uncertain Copyright Act says you can't. You know they have safe harbor status. You got to go and sue me, not you know not the service provider. So essentially, Crisis Host played it strong for about two years, and then you know then around though. You know, he goes ahead and he bitches in March of 2013, and I'm saying, hey, I'm, I'm getting tired of this. I tell Buck McEwen, I tell John Britton, I tell that Greek Mongol woman, Athena, hey, provide me the affidavits. I'm about ready to sue Brian Rio. And old Buck McHugh and John Britton and the Greek Mongol woman, they all fold up like cheap lawn chairs here. And John Britton stops calling me. So then you had that, uh, that Boston Marathon thing here, and I'm looking at my sock puppet book, and I find out that, that Buck McHugh had given me a whole bunch of information about Brian Real, except for his name and where he actually lived. So he calls me, I chew on his ass. So then he calls John Britton on Skype, and, you know, the, my Skype microphone headset won't work with his shit. So, uh, you know, John Britton says he's going to talk to me. He doesn't. So anyway, here's 2013, things go on, and then December comes in, and the day before, Roxy breaks her leg, old, uh, the Greek Mongol woman gets all mad at that idiot, Russ Walker, and says, well, you said your mother was Sicilian. And then John Britton, he decides, oh, he's going to put me on the spot. Well, you're, you're, you're being deliberately nice to Russ Walker here. Well, he's Martin's Guido here, just like, you know, just like Rio's thinks Guido. 
son that go on for two weeks. Roxy gets out of the hospital into this house, and uh, I said, well, why don't you tell Russ Walker that? Well, what happens is Russ Walker and R.D. Bradshaw and John Britton have been talking shit about me ever since August 2013. So pretty well, pretty well, I just simply say is that, well, uh, Russ, uh, you know, uh, is your mother Cecilia? And Russ Walker says, yes, she is. Okay. What do you want me to do about it? What, what do you want me to do about it? So I don't do anything. And then about five days later, Five days later, here comes on January 5th, guest number 46 turns out to be Cody Britton, John Britton's illegitimate Cherokee homosexual son. And I don't believe it initially. <laughs> now I look at the chat room, and sure enough, the name of that, you know, name of the Mongol son's, uh, you know, faggot son's mother is of one who lived in Emmett, Idaho. And John Britton, from my gather, was pretty well fucking everything which had a pussy we could get into. So then I find out, and I find out on StumbleIn is that he has three sons and six daughters, so that means he has three other women. You know, the mother of Cody, the Alaskan, the Alaskan lawyer, the one from New England, and a sixth daughter from yet another woman. So he has, what, four women at least. You know, with nine children? He has nine children. Now, he had five daughters. And what happens is that he had claimed he's descended from King Saul through Jonathan and related to Charlemagne, and he'd have all this fanciful stuff here. And I found out in June or July, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was somehow I was looking at Wesley, you know, Wesley Swift, and I found out that the Britain family was not royalty. It was essentially a family of Pentecostals. You know, John Britton's grandfather was a Pentecostal minister uh, from Ottawa County, you know, uh, northeast Oklahoma. And the name Six Killer, why uh, the chief of the Cherokee Nation for years was Wilma Ten Killer. So essentially, John, you know, and now there's a reason because. John's oldest daughters look like Appalachian, you know, Appalachian stock. They look like Deptin Anglo Mestizos. So, you know, here's, here's old West Walker. Mario. Judy Nip says that if you have dark hair, that means you're a Mongol. I said, oh, like this here? And I showed a picture of uh, John Britton's oldest daughter. John <laughs> says, oh, she's a goth here. Yeah, I bet, she hasn't been, I bet she hasn't dyed her hair for about 20 years now. And she has very black, black, black hair. And, you know, she looks like a she looks like an Anglo Mestizo, and John Britton had plenty of times to come visit me. He would always beg off. He would use fake pictures. So pretty much, you know, I, I'm thinking of John Britton is of course, you know, of course he's an Indian. You know what I mean? From Northeast Oklahoma, that's the Indian nation. So John, you know, John Britton, you know. John Britton lied to me. So they called me up on the set, you know, December 17th. I said, what about all this shit that you're sent from King Saul and all that here? You know, why did you play this little game with Russ Walker? And he says, well, uh, it's because of deceit. He wants to, he wants me to invite him down so he can beat me up. But he's not allowed to cross state lines because, you know, he had to, 
He had to plead guilty to misdemeanor domestic assault because his second daughter, you know, beat him up because he took the keys away and wasn't going to pay for any insurance. And so she, you know, she slapped him around. He went in and slapped the crap out of her, and he was facing felony. He was facing felony domestic violence charges. So anyway, the second daughter said, well, I'm just costing my dad money, which means he ain't going to give it to me. Uh, he went ahead and made up and paid for her second car. He had paid the insurance on that. So that, that was part of the reason he went. He, he'd just go through money like crazy, like a Pine Ridge Indian. And, uh, oh, pretty well, he, uh, you know, the Brian Real causes trouble with this bogus lawsuit. You know, with, you know he gets involved, gets involved in John Britton's lawsuit with Cousin Ray. And, uh, you know, know, Sweaty Eddie says, hey, look, I'm not going to deal with who John Britton's, you know, uncle or brother or in-law or mother is. We're going to have this, we're going to have this lawsuit over whether or not a drunken machine has hogged out 22 to 23 times over spec on this critical engine part. That's what we're going to decide. We're going to, we're going to decide this during trial. On whether or not, you know, on the facts, not who John Britton's relatives are, uh, or who his association is, unless it has something to do with this helicopter crash in August 2003. So, Sweaty Eddie actually does it, and I said, John, finally, after nearly nine years, you're going to have a jury trial. This shit's going to be settled. And John Britton just pussies out and says, Well, I want so 50000 Why? You know, you know how much money I make? And I'm saying, well, yeah, I know how much money you make here, but you never seem to have any of it after the season is over. You let your wife, you know, run through it. So he, you know, he wants to sell for 50000 And so his lawyers settled for 330000 but they let Cousin Ray draft the thing, and Brian Rio had already impersonated John Britton on upstanding citizens, upstanding citizens in order to cover his tracks uh, essentially, Brian Rio took down Upstanding Citizens, which was a pretty nasty place here. He took down Nimbus four times. But anyway, John Britton, John Britton, because he pussies out here and he agrees to settle, and uh, because he agrees to settle, why I have to, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing a whole bunch of, you know, I'm writing a whole bunch of legal stuff. I'm writing stuff for his. There's all this daughter's divorce. I might stu- I might legal stuff. Oh, for his criminal nephew who's a drunk and you know mean drunk. He's in prison now. So essentially, I'm you know I'm, I'm pulling a Bertrand Comparey for John you know for John Britton here. I'm just writing all this legal stuff. And what's surprising is that uh, you know they were able to go ahead and tell that I was. You know, writing this stuff. I think it was because the met, you know, you have metadata tags on this, uh, on Word for Windows. Well, they knew I was writing this stuff, but they couldn't really do anything about it. So he settled in February. He settled in February of 2012. He got only 110000 of the 300000 $330,000. I said, okay, John, take the money. Take the money. And uh, essentially, Cousin Ray doesn't, you know, get to let Brian Real, you know, Brian Real. You know, the reason that Brian Rio, you know, has Lexus Nexus page is that uh, Stu McCartney went ahead and gave John Britton. John Britton gave it to me, but you know, I didn't. I didn't send it. Gave it to Russ Walker, who sent it everywhere. 
And so John Britton gets 110000 and John Britton has nothing of it left in less than five months. He just runs through it. He won't, he won't talk to me because I know damn well that he's letting Lorinda run through it again. And sure enough, he ran through it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, way enough here. I said, well, sure, you won. You know, you won sell for 50000 You heard 10000 We'll go after that lawyer for the other 110000 or so. You know, go ahead and get that. Go ahead and get that money here. If you're going to run through it, go run through it, and then we'll go after the iron ten thousand here. So it comes to December, and I think John Britton and Buck McHugh gets under Brian Real's thumb again. And uh, you know, hey, uh, you know that's what happened here. He's, he's playing his little game of deceit with me, and uh, December that blows up on him on the fifth of January, and on the seventeenth of February. 2014 calls me in with a whole bunch of death threats. He wants he wants to come down and beat me up at the Ramies. I said, you you have no you know, you're not supposed to you're not supposed to be doing this shit. You're whining that the Jim County prosecutor's ready to go, go ahead and put you in jail. Why, well, hey, you know I'm you know I mean you ought to be calling me. You ought to be calling me. I said, how's this deceit coming? You know how's this deceit coming? I mean, are you happy for the deceit? I mean, it's you. It's you who. It's you who stopped calling. It's you who decided to play this little game of deceit with uh, Russ. And now you don't like the game of deceit. That how you don't like house running. You know, don't call me again. Don't call me again. And uh, he hasn't called me since. But he, he plays the little game, you know, Marty Chomo and all this sort of thing. And you know, the worst thing you can do for some of these people, be it liability clueless or John Britton or any of them, is you do something for them while you've made an enemy for life in, some, in many cases here. And that's, you know, that's just the way it works here. I, I don't I don't have anything against John Britton. I mean, he's sort of, you know, he's sort of delusional, and I hope, I hope that, you know, he used to whine about he had a broken back and he had, you know, I mean, shoes vertebrae. What you need to do is that when you get this payout, you need to save it. You know, I remember after he got the money, I was saying, look, you're, you're whining that you're, you bought an $83,000 Cadillac for, you know, or VW diesel product for $30,000. Hell, you need to, you know, you need to buy, a, you're, you're worried about your third, you know, your third daughter marrying a beaner. And it looks like he's married, she's you know she's hooked up with a with a Jew with a Jew beaner of some sort. I mean, you worried about her marrying a beaner? Why don't you move to West River, South or North Dakota? You can buy you know corn cob is bought what oh a third of an entire town for eight six hundred. You can buy you can buy you know a couple houses in West River, North Dakota or North or South Dakota. Essentially, there's no damn way for your daughters who want to fuck about anything to get into trouble there. You know what I mean? You know, and relocate. <laughs> yeah, relocate. You can buy a house for, you can buy a couple houses for $10,000, you know, in a West River, South or North Dakota. You're whining about how cold it is in Iowa. And yes, it gets cold in North and South Dakota, but hey, you know, once you have your little, once you have your little heifers, uh, located out on the freaking Lone Prairie. I mean, hey, there ain't there ain't much trouble they can get into here for a long ways. You know what I mean? 
there's a you know, there's there's a lot less opportunity to get into mischief than you know even in uh, Emmett, Idaho, you know out on the Lone Prairie, and you can you know I mean what is what is learned you know there's not going to be any thirty thousand dollar Volkswagens or any eighty six thousand dollar Volkswagens or anything there here. You can make that money go a long ways, you know, toward your retirement. The hell, you ran through $110,000 in what, less than five months. I mean, that, that, and he'd done that. The entire time I knew him, he would run through, you know, I'll say, shit, if I got $110,000 here, I'd probably have 120000 of it at the end of five years. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm pretty tight with a dollar. But I said, shit, I bought this house here for what? I'm living in now for, oh, you know, you know, not counting Roxy's share. I bought, well, counting Roxy's share, I bought for what? $14,500. You know, this house is probably worth 30000 And I bought for $14,500. Hey, you know, why can't you live why can't you live? Why can't you live frugally? You know, and the answer is he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't. You know, I mean, essentially, he he goes through money like a Pine Ridge Indian. You know, hmm. I, you know, like hitting uh, up the strip club, right? <laughs> One dollar no, at a time. No, no, he he just he just. I don't know what the I don't know what he does here. But on the other hand, if he has what three other women. And four other children all across the Zogland, you know, from Alaska to New England to God knows where. Well, maybe he's having to pay off all this child support. I don't know. You know what I mean? That would that would be you know that would be the thing. But here's this Cody guy. Oh, does Lord does 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 his legitimate wife and five daughters know about you? Oh no, she don't. Oh bullshit. Oh bullshit. She knows all about him, and she's just she's just she's just having her little revenge too. You know, you understand what I'm saying? She knows. She knows about the other women and the other children. You know, uh, John Britton isn't fooling anyone. So, you know, I mean, you know, you can be as deceitful as you want, but most cases you're going to be found out. You understand what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, think. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to be, you have to be deliberately obtuse here, like Alan Rouse, uh, a.k.a. Star Pronomancer. You have to be, you know, I mean, you know, that's what Brian real so mad is that I found out his real name, found out his Facebook picture, and he had a history with Dick, with Dickie Barrett. Dickie Bear says Brian has to understand he's no longer white. He's not white. Yeah, but he does have to understand. But old Dickie Barrett, he's a Zogbot too, and he's a lawyer, so old Brian Real can't do too much against old Dickie Barrett. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, you don't think Fink? I mean, Fink, Fink and Eli James actually seen Brian Real. He was up in Birmingham. Here is Eli James. You know, he, he says that I can't, you know, I shouldn't look at, I shouldn't go ahead and just look at somebody. I ought to go ahead and look at their DNA test, which they haven't gone ahead and given. 
And I'm, yeah, it's like yeah, the Sphinx, well, you know. <laughs> what, what the hell did people do before that DNA test here? I mean, I used to look at pictures. You there, Martin? Hello?
Okay. Well, I was kicked off for a couple times, and I didn't know that. I was ranting. I was ranting about things flying, and that's what things does. I mean, all these characters, they're just simply lying to you. And then the question of is why? Well, well, the reason they're lying to you is because they're not what they appear to be. They're deceiving you or trying to deceive you. Andre the nigger, why, with his, uh, you know, Andre exposed here, he's trying to pretend he's telling the truth, and he's not. So that's what you have in Christian Day. That's what you have in white nationalism. So what do you do about it? The answer is, well, you, you know, there's no way you're going to save the white race by joining an organization. There's no way you're going to save the white race by, well, you know, here's this tard up in, what, 200 miles away. He... He has to tell everybody how badass he is. And, oh, I hear this confidential form. Why, well, used to be every nation. Why, you know, I'm really just nothing more than a petty thief. I'm nothing more than a drunk. My daddy is a lifer drunk who does nothing but stay at home and drink up his, you know, VA check or whatever. Why? No, no problem. No problem, Long Island Brian, because... Uh, the fact of the matter is, is I didn't have anything planned. I was going to attend. I was going to show up and attend this. Uh, I was going to show up and attend this uh, old candidate forum, and I did, and I had fun. I like to. It's a good thing that I have experience in talking for hours and hours and hours and hours. You know, and being able to think on my feet. So you, you know, you know the the question is is why do you you know this this the show is really mainly entertainment. You should view it as entertainment. You shouldn't view it as going to save the white race. Yahweh is going to save the white race, and how is he going to save the white race is bringing about the Great Tribulation or allowing the Great Tribulation to come in. I have done I have done YouTube videos, you know, pointing out that Yahweh has preserved both seed lines. He's preserved the satanic seed line of the Jews. He's preserved them for his own purposes. And he's preserved his own servant nation. Now, I do believe in free will. I, you know, the Greggy plan here, say no. <laughs> and get healthy. <laughs> FPLC plan, wolf type. Thanks for tarting it up here. What do you mean? What do you mean? I am, I, Chances are, if I had to talk by myself, I could have just simply said the same thing I've been saying for the past five years. Here's mine. He's asking. He's asking me questions here, and uh, you know, pretty well I explained like I have before. 
about my relationship with John Britton. I've explained my relationship such as is with old Russ Walker. Russ, you know, Russ is just simply a, uh, you know, he's just a high yellow Sicilian tard. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's an idiot. <laughs> I, I told him rather than have that stupid that stupid uh, that stupid uh, website here, he ought to just. I'm sure that I went ahead and checked Church of the Submatoid. You've heard of Church of Subgenius? Well, Russ is no genius, you know, but he is a matoid, so he ought, to, he ought to be able to say churchofthesubmatoid.com or .org or .net or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> there's just so much, there's just so much idiocy that uh, you know it's laughable. And I'd like to thank Brian. I'd like to thank Bruce Howard. I'd like to thank uh, Blushing Mary America. Uh, she did well. She didn't act like she was a starving raccoon, uh, getting you know getting the last of the milk from the uh, you know from the saucer. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have fed small raccoons here and. Uh, you know, you know, they get sort of mean when you get in between them and their food. Heck, even my puppy dog got sort of mean, oh, about two weeks ago. The little bastard got into my uh, got into my pillow, and the little bastard tore the stuffing out of it. And so so I said, You little bastard here and I you know, he had some he had some of that uh, plastic plastic foam stuffing in his mouth. I pulled it out. A little bastard nipped me here. He went ahead and broke skin. In fact, I have a little bit of scab left from it from even two weeks ago. And so I'd like to thank Mary for, you know, Mary for not acting like a starving raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she didn't interrupt me or nothing. And I'd like to thank Bruce. I'd like to thank uh, Bruce Howard. Uh, he acted relatively sane tonight. He's about to talk about nuthouse living in Australia, uh, which is, I think, not nearly as grim as nuthouse living in, say, Missouri. Why, uh, it may even be as good as, say, the largest state nuthouse in Kansas. Uh, They have basket weaving at large state. (laughs) Or at least that's what, you know, my friend, the uh, claw hammer killer said. So, hey. Uh, I got done what I had to get done this week. Uh, Paul Niggerlips Brian Rio uh, doesn't know what to say because all this fraud is going to come back on him. He doesn't know what to say. Uh, Rabbi Finkelshini, well, he's reduced. He's reduced not to so much, but you know, to reading articles from Wikipedia. But he's reduced to reading, I guess, books about Martin Luther and. Uh, Oh, some stupid shit about Homer or whatever he was yapping about. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's it's sort of funny because he's re- he's reading. You know, he, he's no he's no actual scholar himself, but he's just reading articles from learned men and hoping that if he says it emphatically enough, why people think that he discovered this crap. Uh, he's not. He's not a. He's not a scholar of anything. He's just simply. He's just simply. Uh, he's just simply a Jew who was handed a 
copy of somebody else to pretend to be a Greek scholar, to be a Christian identity scholar. Uh, Eli James is far more smarter than him, but Eli James has to deal with the fact that you know, he's a Jew. And he believes what Jews believe. That's not Christian identity. Okay? Moho Mari. <laughs> Uh, let's see. <laughs> but, hey, ah, uh, heck. I don't know. Uh, well, really, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'll have a problem here. I mean, shoot, uh, if old Mary goes to, old Mary goes to Australia, whatever. Did that be a scholar? <laughs> well, folks, uh, I know what I'm supposed to believe. I'm glad that I bought a strong, exhaustive concordance three weeks ago and got it. Found out what Shiloh means. Shiloh is just another name for Jesus Christ. Judah has a scepter until Shiloh comes. Guess what? Shiloh is the lawgiver. It's Jesus Christ. The lawgiver shall not depart from Judah. Okay? So, Folks, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and I'm going to fill up, uh, finish filling up a jar of dose instead. Okay, retrieving, retrieving call information here. I got cut off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jay. <laughs> That's why I like my nimbusters. There's nothing. There's nothing so retarded. 
that they won't believe. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you do gotta laugh, you do gotta laugh at their uh, tardivity. Let's see. I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, and what's left of the chat here. There ain't really much more to say. I think I'm going to call it a night. I need to get up and call the elementary school and ask if they found uh, my, uh, you know, lithium battery recharger for my uh, video camera. Uh, uh, One of the candidates uh, for South Ward City Council, Andrew Farmer, why uh, he... uh, he records the whole thing, so he'll he should have it up. Uh, Andrew Farmer, that's the thing to uh, look at. Andrew Farmer, comma Granby on YouTube, and he should have uh, the entire thing up. So I think I'm going to call it now. I'd like to thank uh, Bruce Howard for calling in. He'll spend us some money on Skype. I'd like to thank uh, Linda for calling in and not being acting like a uh, starving raccoon, starving raccoon, uh, you know, getting the last bit of either sweet corn or cow's milk or whatever. Yeah, I'd like to thank Long Island Brian for calling in. Uh, pretty well asking a number of pertinent questions. Uh, I've, I've already said a lot of this stuff before, but hey. This talks you. This is uh, free. This does not cost anything. So I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. I'm going to go ahead and say, Hail Victory. May Yahweh bless. And good night. White men clad in black are we, high and we'll stamp out drug tyranny, high White men go, revolt home, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war home, on the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. And a pill that eat the thread, cheerily Oh, who was them, the ruling man? Cheerily, I. White men go, revolt ho, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho, on the courthouse lawn, let red blood grow. Oh, I never lie for sure. The Jews are in the hole. <laughs> Our job lay next week. Stop our boots to stamp out the blow. Why they go? We vote home 
all the city rooms, let the red chalk grow. Why they go through our home, all the turn up on that red blood flow. We keep us all the way around the street. I, 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 oh, Got our own lady. I, I, oh. Why they go Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.